Welcome to Hami Media Group, or as the cool kids say, HMG. We're here to provide you with the very best entertainment alternative media has to offer. Thank you to all our supporters who have made us what we are today. Follow us on social media, video, and podcast platforms at Hameen Media Group. Become a subscriber to Hameen Media Group at Patreon.com for great free daily content as well as off-the-top rope extras. Subscribe to our affiliate Patreon channels with a plethora of fun content on various tiers that will bring tears of joy to your eyes. Vince Russo's The Brand, The Rip Rogers FR Podcast, Stevie Ray TV, Goldilocks, The A Show with Aaron Stevens and April Hunter, The Two-Man Power Trip, Velvet Sky and Angelina Love, The Beautiful People, and now... The Larry Hankin Stories. Support your favorite HMG and independent pro wrestling talent at ProWrestlingTees.com. Enjoy the ultimate meal with Zordo's Ultra Premium Extra Virgin Olive Oil. Head over to ZordosOliveOil.com. Start your day with the best cup of joe, bro. Try a fantastic selection of flavorful coffee blends at TheBrosters.com. StevieRichardsFitness.com. Get off that couch and make a healthy change without leaving your home. Amazing resistance band and yoga workout programs at an affordable price that will help you become a band new you. Hear from the pros who live the biz, bro, with talent that have worked for every major organization led by the man who put the attitude back in pro wrestling and in your ear holes. It's got to be russosbrand.com bro again we'd like to thank you for joining us here at hmg and now it's time to be entertained Through the years, we all remember when we first witnessed a national tragedy. We remember the good times and the bad times through either a song, a TV show, a monumental sports achievement, or even the smell of a particular food from when we were young. Welcome to the show that will take you on a journey through time to relive those iconic moments. Welcome. RTW Rewind, where old school rules. So, without any further delay, let's introduce you to the host of the show, Rad Rob Rob Francois. All right, we are live here on the Hameen Media Group YouTube channel. Welcome to RTW Rewind. I am your host, the Ram Burglar, Rad Rob, Rob Francois. I am joined by my very special co-host this week from RBV Fitness. He is very passionate about this subject. Uh, we're covering the evolution of fast food, and it was his idea. I'm letting all my guests pick my ideas. Um, it is RBV from HMG. You know him, you love him. The Money Locker Room hitting the marks. What's up, pal? Red Rob, thanks for having me here, brother. Yes, yes, it is me. It's me, the art of the beat of V, Richard Bronson Vickery. Uh, t- today I was put over as America's number one food influencer. It was, it was a great honor. So I guess that is kind of my new gimmick. Uh, but brother, again, thank you for having me. I, I got to say, I-, I love the RTW Retro, the the revolution, the evolution, 
if you will. Uh, coming out of the gate, the conversation that you had with Big Ray about the impact of MTV, the culture impact, great, great episode, great re-debut last week. I was on the edge of my seat with you and MSG. You know, you, you guys are kind of reliving uh, those the boom of the internet and where it's at today. Great conversations, but we're, we're not really here for conversation today. We are here to celebrate. Yeah, we're here to celebrate, you know, to me, what is the ultimate symbol of American capitalism, and that is fast food in the USA. That's right, brother. And I know Ben's probably not going to appreciate the show because he always wants us to eat better. And I know Stevie's probably the same well, but hey, we're a couple of foodies. We don't deny it. We don't run away from it. You and I love food. And what better to talk about than a food is on a retro show going back to the early days all the way up until now. So much has changed in the history of fast food, the way it was cooked, the way it was prepared, the way it was given. Uh, and now in the times of COVID has pretty much changed the game. We got a lot to cover, brother. Uh, what do you want to start with first? Well, as you said, 100 years we're celebrating. Really what is recognized so widely is the birth of fast food, especially here in America. 1921 uh and to believe yeah, how far it has come and again what what i find so fascinating about it it's just not necessarily you know the food itself but it's the dynamics of the business how it has grown along with our society it in many ways influence what we do as a whole as a country uh to me that that is what's so magnificent and why i'm so passionate uh, about this very topic but rob i do know is we were kind of prepping for for tonight's big show yeah um, we were going back and forth and, and you had talked about you know maybe can we take a moment before we dive in to the actual birth and an ever-changing landscape inside of the fast food industry the number one food that we think about when when we are when we talk about fast food is the hamburger and you shared a, a little piece of potential history with me that your hometown where you're from there is a establishment that claims to have invented the hamburger yes the very first hamburger supposedly is by lewis's lunch in new haven connecticut they started in 1895 i'll read a little bit off their website uh since 1895 lewis's lunch in new haven connecticut has been serving a classic hamburger sandwich to customers from across the united states family owned and operated we are currently run by the fourth generation and are one of the oldest family-run businesses in the country. Recognized by the Liberty of Congress as the birthplace of the hamburger sandwich, Lewis's Lunch has been featured in many print television spots, including Travel Channel, Food Network, Zagat, uh, Food and Wine Magazine, among uh, and many others. So, yes, they do lay claim to the first hamburger and are officially recognized by the Library of Congress. I'll tell you what's very interesting. When it comes to the hamburger, it might be one of the greatest debates, just not in food, but but all of you know business and you know creation and history, uh, because obviously the name hamburger it, it actually is driven from German, from the uh, village hamburger. Uh, same thing as you get with with the the hot dog uh, wiener, yeah. uh, with you know there's so many with the different types of sausage that you get there. So it, it, the debate that you really get with this is obviously, well, even with fast food, it is credited here in America. There was probably even going back to the caveman days, someone had a place they were cooking. You pick something up real quick and you went back to your cave. I mean, yeah. I, you know, logically, that's the real birth of fast food. But to really bring it to the modern era, but for the hamburger, 
obviously, I mean, you have places there in Germany, you have places even going to, to Greece where they would claim, but the debate over that, which makes it so interesting. And is it in those foods and those, those ethnic, you know, flavors came across when we found America and all that is how you define a hamburger. Cause some of them be dismissed because there was only one piece of, of meat on or a bun on the bottom yep. or the, or it was toasted a certain way that, that wasn't credible. It was the wrong kind of bread. So again, the creation of the first burger is one of the ultimate debates in all of history. And pizza too. I mean, if you really want to go there too, so many different countries and, and, and you know, lay claim to having the first pizza. Was it Italy? Was it Greece? I mean, we can go down that whole rabbit hole at some point too, but we'll, we'll, we'll talk a little pizza and yeah. what, it, how it's really evolved and it really, when you talk about those great food debates, pizza's got to be right up there, right? That's absolutely, absolutely. So I know you're a big fan, uh, and I know what you had for for lunch. Um, well, I was going to say back to the burger, and we're, we're going to yeah. kick it really officially, kick it all off. Uh, we got a little run in because it all started in 1921, right here, right here. One of these delicious little bad boys. It is what now today what we call an original slider. Uh, just a, a little piece of meat there on a a small cut roll. Got some diced onion, grilled onion in there, grilled in with the burger and in the <clears> slices <throat> of pickle. I, I, the smell here. Rob, White Castle, you, you said you don't really have one around you, though, but you've had them. Your early experiences, your memories of White Castle. You know, we didn't have any uh, up north because I grew up in Connecticut in the northeast. Uh, there was a place in Springfield, Mass., called the White Hut. Uh, which was founded uh, in the 30s or 40s, I believe, uh, which had exact. I mean, it was pretty much the same thing. <clears throat> I didn't officially have White Castle until I uh, met my wife and went down to Tennessee. Uh, they had one about five minutes away. It was actually a combination White Castle, Church's Chicken, and a gas station. Uh, but that's the first time I ever had it. And from then on, I was hooked. Uh, and then I discovered Crystal, which was actually kind of a, a southern knockoff of White Castle, who served the same type of sliders and, and stuff like that. But, you know, yeah, I, I I love White Castle. I think the closest one to me now is probably about 40 minutes to an hour away. So if I ever do get in the area, I make sure I stop by. Uh, but, yeah, I didn't grow up on it, but I did develop a love for it later on in life. Well, it's I knew where you were going to go with that there. because You know, going back to the beginning, White Castle, it's founded in Wichita, Kansas. And it, it, what's so unique here is we talk about how fast food would, you know, it kind of mirrors what's happening in our society is you're at a point here where people are starting to be on the move a little bit more. Their patience is growing a little bit more thin, you know, they, they need that quick service. And White Castle is really the first to kind of develop that system. McDonald's, we're going to talk about them, their credit with the speedy system, but they sampled damn near every element of that from what was already in place with White Castle. And it's, you know, that, that small slider patty, one of their biggest obstacles that they had to come over to find success, though, is at that time, there was a, a widely popular book and different reports that came out exposing the, the quality of meat and how it was handled in our country. And people were like terrified terrified to go out and purchase this from unknown sources. You know, if it wasn't the guy down the street actually doing this himself, anything that was mass produced, they were terrified of. So they had to overcome that obstacle. So that's really where you came up with the, the white castle. You know, white is clean. Yeah. When you go into a white castle, you know, they make sure everything's kind of wide open. It's stainless steel. You can see the cooks. Everyone is dressed in white. 
Because if they're doing something wrong, if something, if there's too much blood somewhere or they're being too messy, you're going to see those stains. So if they look presentable, they look fine. You're going to have, you're going to trust in them a little bit more. Right. That was their biggest selling point there. Uh, they're also so innovative. They were one of the first to, to introduce uh, coupons. Uh, White Castle was the first White Castle was for five cents. Their first coupons were get five for, for a dime, carry out only. They introduced that carry out concept. You know, we don't want you really crowding up the store here. We're going to we're going to put them in a sack for you. we got ciders in the slack. You're going home. There you go. I mean, the innovation that that they introduced in, in creating this boom, this very foundation for this industry is incredible. And they saw great early success. So they were copycatted immediately. As you said, what you have? A, 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 a white. You have a crystals there. Crystals is still one of the surviving. Yep. Uh, that was in a, it was a spinoff. You had white knights, you had white towers, uh, anything that would kind of similar in, you know, that people that were traveling around that had heard about these things were like, Oh, that's gotta be it. So, you know, familiarity and it, it caused a lot of great, uh, legal issue for them to, you know, to say, you know, this is our concept. This is our claim. We have to eliminate the, these copycats as we're going to continue to grow, uh, early on as well. Before we get to what we have seen is like the burger wars today with White Castle with the sliders, you had the mini burgers out on the West Coast uh, popularity with the big boy, which was then dubbed the double deckers. Yep. yep. Uh, they, they had great success and they're still around today as they franchised around uh, big boy here where I'm at is known as Frisch's big boy. Uh, if you head up north, where other places there on Lake Erie, if you go into Michigan, they have, uh, I believe it's like the Iser Brothers or something along those lines, mm -hmm. Big Boy. And they have variations of theirs, but they've had great success, too, over all these years. Yeah, we had a Big Boy <clears throat> in uh, in Springfield, Mass. It was called Abdow's Big Boy. Uh, but that was more of a, um, like a diner style, like a, like a, like a, a Denny's. It was sit down. A restaurant it wasn't really it, it, fast food they they were kind of that that tweener there mm -hmm. where you, you had those fast food concepts but they still wanted to maintain a lot of those sit down family environment yeah. meals yeah. In, in the uh, the big boys they did regularly i believe they were under the same uh, ownership chain at one point with the shonies ponderosa yeah th things of that nature uh but you talked when you mentioned the, the sit down well, when we look at fast food and you have those fine lines there, you know, fast food was really born from the car hops. And it, and it was when people wanted to get out and about. We're coming out of booms <coughs> from these war periods where we're seeing these great, you know, industrial growths and, and new inventions. And you got automobile booms where these are becoming more familiar, affordable objects for the, you know, the everyday American family. They want to get out and about and socialize and show off these, these great newfound wealths that they have. And one of the great places to kind of congregate was at these car hops here. Yes. With, a, with, with food, again, at the center. Yeah. Uh, and I know when the drive-thru was invented. I mean, that that pretty much revolutionized uh, the entire the entire business. Uh, who lays claim to the to the drive-thru? Was it McDonald's? No, actually, uh, your, your first <clears throat> drive-thru... Is going to be it, not anyone that's really big on uh, on the radar, but Red's Giant Hamburger in in Missouri. Uh, they're the ones that really hold claim to the first true drive through, and that came about in 1947. That's pretty early. 
Yeah, that's pretty weird for that. But you, but you really didn't see like the the big the big boys uh, that we think about in the Burger Wars that they didn't really they, they the draft really didn't start booming probably until like 60s, 70s, and and really where it became a staple where it was a must was the 80s. It was the 80s? Yeah, yeah. I don't. I remember. Uh, I do remember some early growing up in the late 70s. Um, we had uh, a Roy Rogers, which I don't know if you ever heard of that franchise. Love, Love yes. Roy Rogers, yes. uh, still and down the Jersey Pike. Yes. Uh, believe, yep, they're still there. Yep, they're big in the Northeast. So I remember that not having uh, a drive through So not every restaurant uh, at that time had a drive through But you're right, probably about the, the mid to late 80s is when everybody uh, started using that. But uh, circling back, uh, A&W actually lays claim to being the first chain uh, of fast food restaurants uh, as they they date back to 1919. But see, this is where people kind of manipulate information. It started out uh, as a root beer stand. So it's not technically a restaurant, but that's where they started. And then they end up uh, launching the restaurants around 1923, I believe, in Sacramento. Yeah, their first restaurant was in Sacramento. Uh, in 1923, so a little bit of wordplay, a little bit of time manipulation there. Yeah, technically they were founded before White Castle, but they didn't actually have a restaurant. Well, I think you know, what you're looking at, you know, White Castle wasn't claiming to be the first restaurant. Uh, White Castle itself was born from other versions of restaurants, other concepts. Mm-hmm. White Castle says that first fast food, and you you hit the nail, you know, right on the head there. At A and W at that time, they were a drive up. They were one of those car hops. So in one of, when we look at now who defines fast food and we'll kind of transition in, it's perfect segue there is McDonald's, right? McDonald's themselves, uh, the two brothers, the McDonald's brothers that, that kind of really put this thing together. Uh, they, they had seen that they, they grew up in the food industry. Their dad had a hot dog stand. <laughs> they themselves wanted to follow in his footsteps. So they teamed up and opened their own store. McDonald's was born from a barbecue joint, a car hop. Yeah. And one of the biggest things, the issues that they had <clears> saw <throat> there is they were struggling to, to keep their head above water. And as they start looking around, okay, maybe it's, maybe it's our menu. It's our product line. So they're looking at what's selling, what's moving. And it's the burgers, the fries, the shakes. So let's, we got to eliminate everything else. Let's get rid of it. We're no longer in the barbecue business. We're in the burger business. They continue to struggle here. Why aren't we moving? These things, people are ordering. Why aren't why aren't we seeing more revenue here? Well, it's because of the concept that we're talking about the car. How people want to come hang out. You get there early, you're going to occupy a spot all night long. You yeah. got your you got your waitresses that are out there, kind of over socializing. Your your turnover isn't there. That's where the concept comes in. We have to rethink, redesign this entire thing. We don't want people coming and hanging out. We need to turn them over. That's how we're going to move more product. And on top of that, how do we keep up with that demand? That's where you saw the invention is what's recognized as the modern day speedy system. And you had these two guys out there on a tennis court, one of them up on a ladder, the other one kind of orchestrating (laughs) down there is they've got this thing chalked out. And yep. they get it down to an to an art, and boom, they are they are banging this thing out so much so that the success caused you know it caused a stir from other people. 
you, you, you know, two big names that actually went and studied McDonald's and what they were doing before they went out on their own, Burger King and Taco Bell. Yep. Yep, that's exactly right. I mean, you think about this, Rick. That's back in 1948, you know, when they developed that speedy system. And then, you know, they didn't I, – I, I'm assuming they were the first franchised fast food chain. Um, is that correct? Uh, I, I, I don't know. Actually, they were the, the first <clears> – <throat> But you know they they had they had also began offering, uh, they had believed in their system enough. They began offering their their franchise, but it took a couple of years for anyone to buy it. And first, the first gentleman's last name was Fox, and he'd been one nearby, and they were just kind of selling this thing in the Southwest, right? So, and then the the, the Fox gentleman he talked his brother in law into getting one, and he opened one a little bit southern or southern than. Uh, the McDonald's brothers in California. So I believe you really had two out there. And then you introduced the man truly with this incredible vision, Ray Kroc, yeah. who, who is a milkshake machine salesman. And yeah, what re- what a really, struggling salesman, uh, no less. Yeah. Well, what, what he had seen is, okay, there's this company in California, this little, you know, family owned burger shop where everyone else is ordering one, maybe two of our milkshake machines, they ordered like a dozen. Yeah. What's going on down there? What's what's happening out there in California? I've got to go see this firsthand. He goes out there and is completely blown away by this thing. Now, now why he might be struggling there, he is a visionary, and, and he understands marketing. And he sees this tremendous potential. Now, he is very cutthroat. And this, again, is where you look at big business. You think, oh, you know, it's just food. It's burgers, fries, happy meals. No, this is the reality. This is American capitalism. This is your cutthroat. You're hungry. And he comes in and it took some convincing, you know, but he gets the rights to begin franchising outside of that little Southwest area. He opens his first store uh, up in Chicago where he's from. At that point, he actually learns that, they actually continue franchising in the Southwest and this infuriates him to, to no end. So he goes <laughs> right. and buys, he goes and buys that, that next first franchise. And at that point he goes to the McDonald's brothers and you know, he makes up, there's some back and forth, but at the end it's an offer they can't refuse. And he takes, you know, this little gem that, that they had, that they had cultivated, that they had put the seeds in the ground to begin growing and I mean, you look at it now. I mean, it's this global phenom. Yeah. I mean, that, 1961 uh, was when Ray Kroc bought them out <clears throat> and decided he wanted to franchise. So, you know, he had a vision that I don't think I don't want to say nobody else had at that time, but I mean, he he knew uh, the potential uh, of of huge business uh, with the system well, that they had in place. And again, what you, what you see is people are continuing as the automobile boom begins to expand, and you see, uh, you know, business growing more from over state lines and things like that. People want some. We're still ha- are we're still you know just creatures of habit. Yeah, they want that familiarity. So if you can feel that you, you know you can grow that where you get that staple. You know you're going to get that same quality, that same taste, that same value, no matter where you go. That's the idea behind this concept, right? Yep, yep. And, and that's where he saw he truly saw the value <clears throat> in unifying and growing the brands like that. 
Yeah, you're exactly right. Uh, a, a couple people here in the chat, and thank you guys for hanging out. We're, we're eight strong here as we get going. Love it. Love it. Uh, Drone Hall says, I just I go to McDonald's. I just want a milkshake. Sorry, the machine is down. I'm going to get into that later on uh, when, we, when we get to kind of more recent times. Uh, I do have somewhere I'm going to send you guys to watch a documentary about it. Uh, I will say with McDonald's, if you're out and about, I'm probably one of the only nerds that's done that. I've, I've planned a uh, an entire vacation to go visit the McDonald's Museum in Chicago. Oh, no kidding. Yes. Wow. You really are. Uh, you really are a food connoisseur and a, a historian. And you know, I love it, dude. That I, I would do that, too. Um, I didn't even know they had one. So that's uh, oh, well, to, to White Castle as well. There is a Cravers Hall of Fame. Are you serious? Really? Yeah, and they they hold ceremonies in Columbus, Ohio. If you get nominated, they they choose a handful a year or whenever their selection process <laughs> happens, and you're mm-hmm. you're invited to the ceremony at HQ, and you get to partake in all these incredible all these events. Uh, so uh, yeah, anyone that would like to uh, nominate your boy, uh, the artist B to V, please do so for the Cravers Hall of Fame. We'll definitely do that. Um, I, I do want to ask you a question. Would you consider donuts being fast food? Yeah, I, I think what's so great is is we're going to begin now. Now that we're, you know we're beyond McDonald's and we're seeing you know what what White Castle laid the foundation. McDonald's is now beginning to show you the growth, the possibility. Yeah. You got all these amazing American entrepreneurs that see see what's happening. But okay, you've already got someone that's cornered this market here. You, you know, outside we're going to jump into Burger King here, but you have these others. Okay, but we we can't go. We can't lock. We're not, we can't, we're both ranch. We can't go, you know, locking horns with McDonald's. What flavors can we bring? And right. one of those absolutely is, is your breakfast. And what's better than a breakfast and easier on the go than donuts and coffee. And I guess you're, you want to talk Duncan. I certainly do because that's, uh, you know, from my own stomping grounds, uh, every mile, mile and a half, you had a Duncan growing up in the Northeast. I mean, they were literally everywhere like CVS and Walgreens. They just popped up in dollar generals. Now they popped up all over the place. Um, Duncan donuts started franchising in 1955, but they were really born, uh, in 1950 in Quincy mass. I actually got to go to the original, uh, restaurant. It's, it's never, it's not been restored. Uh, it's exactly the same way when they started with the, the same interior, the same sign outside. It's a really cool thing to see something like that, that that's old. Um, wow, that's, you, that I is mean, very cool. Now, while their donuts aren't as good as they used to be, because <clears throat> uh, I've heard that they don't bake them on site anymore. Uh, but back in the day, I don't know if you remember the commercials in the 80s of the old donut guy. He used to wake up <laughs> in the morning. Who doesn't? Yeah, time to make the donuts. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. You know, he's up before everyone else. You know, but yep. when some of us are just going to bed, you know, if you're just closing down the bars then. <laughs> but, yeah, it's time to make the donuts. And it, they are one of those ones that you recognize truly as those great advertising pieces. Because, you know, you think, oh, it's donuts and coffee. But and even in, in their packaging and how they utilize the express system and on the go, the drive through even the day, everything yep. is wrapped. Where it's it's nice and easy, you can still sit your coffee down, have one, you know, have your your hand on the wheel, and you can still access your sandwich. And I'll, I'll put them over. You know, outside of donuts, they have got tremendous breakfast sandwiches now. They really do. And I, and well, again, this is me being nitpicky. Their coffee is not as good as it used to be, since they switched over to flavor shots and swirls and shit like that. They used to have, you know, which you can still buy. They used to have flavored coffee beans. And used to grind them fresh, and that was where you got your French vanilla and hazelnut so, and all that. Sometimes but. when you when you over complex yourself, it, you you really 
you sacrifice yeah. the quality of what, what made you such a success. That's exactly right. Because, I mean, in my opinion, they had the best coffee growing up, you know, in the 70s, 80s, and 90s until they kind of, I don't know if they want to save money or if they want to uh, attract a different audience by having different, you know, flavors that you couldn't normally get out of a bean. I, I don't know what the reason for it was, but obviously they taste processed. There's an aftertaste in some of them. I was kind of turned off on it. Some of them I like, some of them I don't. Uh, but the French vanilla coffee you get now wasn't the same that, you know, I grew up on in the, in the 80s and 90s. Uh, where I lived on it. I mean, that's all I that's all I drank as a teenager and in his early twenties is Dunkin' Donuts coffee. It was a staple, and I smoked back then too. So, coffee and cigarettes was you know that's hand that's, in hand, hand in that's hand. What you man. do every morning, yeah, hand in hand. Uh, I think you know a lot of that. It, it's across the board. Is a lot of these fast food restaurants got away from what made them such a success? Is one they felt pressure from more of your trendier style quick service shops. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so obviously, you know, a game changer across the board when it came to coffee, you know, when you entered it, when you introduced Starbucks and, it, and it, it, you, a lot of times you believe, you know, if, if you're paying a higher price, it's got to be premium and they are introducing all these different styles and flavors. So it, it downplays at what everyone else is doing, even though they had tremendous product at the time. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, Candace Faceman brought up a good point about a Dennis Leary act <laughs> about going uh, to coffee shops and drinking coffee and smoking cigarettes. He also had a funny line about just wanting coffee flavored coffee. Uh, he went into like a Seven Eleven. He's like, "Let me get a coffee." And they're like, "What flavor?" And he's like, "What do you mean flavor? I want, I want fucking coffee." <laughs> like, oh, our special is like mocha nut crunch, or I forgot what it was. <laughs> you know, uh, it's just that's that's a, a we know Starbucks is probably the leader of that. With their frappuccinos and all their different espressos and, yeah, and look, I mean, uh, look what know. it did you know mcdonald's tried to copy the whole thing with the cafe you see you know yeah. word, everyone else trying to copy those things but one of the things that was so great with dunkin donuts in in their development plans uh their strategy for placement was that they could attach themselves to other you know service industry needs gas stations things like that uh yeah. they were easy to place in malls things that were easy on the go so I, that's what helped their growth. I mean, that's why they were able to expand so rapidly as they were. Yeah, you're, abs- you're absolutely right. Uh, I, another food that tried to compete with the burger was obviously fried chicken, which uh, I'm pretty sure you're also a fan of, like I am myself. Uh, you know, you'd be remiss if you didn't mention the original, you know, the Colonel, KSC, uh, who started very, very early on uh, and had competitors that wanted to copy his success. Well, uh, you had... Old Harlan down there, uh, what's well, no, a little, little fun RBV note, uh, ruined a complete, ruined a, a decent right relationship. I guess maybe it wasn't decent, it just ruined it. Uh, we were on our way to Gatlinburg, and while she was asleep, I drove two hours out of the way to go to the original KFC, and they have a little museum there. Uh, she was not happy, was not happy. Yeah, I, 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 Number one, I love Gatlinburg. Uh, it's 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 near and dear to my heart. I we typically vacation there uh, in the winter because we love the snow and all that. So, uh, but yes, that, that's another thing I didn't know of is I didn't know they had a museum either. I'm going to be taking a lot very, of road trips here in the future. Very, very and, cool. And it, it's not that far from you, brother. It, it's just yeah. right up the road. It's right up the road. Uh, this is a, what I really love about Colonel uh, Harlan is his story of success. Yeah. Uh, and anyone out there that just you feel when's it going to come for me? You know, believe in yourself, invest in yourself, keep chugging away. I mean, this is this is a gentleman who failed time and time again. He wasn't did. so later in life that uh, he's running a gas station and he's looking for a hook. Guy can cook some chicken. Yeah, 
problem is you pan frying chicken that takes about 45 minutes <laughs> yeah. yeah we got we got people on the road you know they're, they're traveling through kentucky there they got you know it, it isn't like the big boom city they got places to go yeah uh, so you got to figure out a way he comes up with the pressure cooker and it, he takes this thing on the road you talk about franchising that's what he did yeah. i don't believe he ever owned his own kfc no, I don't think he did. I don't think he did. He, I mean, would, the, he would spend his days on the road going to establishment to establishment, assuring that they were, you know, <clears> everything <throat> was okay. They were using, you know, the pressure cookers were working. The recipes were were on par, uh, but never owned his own. No, he didn't. And the pressure cooker really, you know, revolutionized um, fast food when it comes to chicken. Because you're right, it does take forever. Originally, I believe he also had a... Um, I won't say it's like a bed and breakfast, but it was like a, a hotel type where he, you know, would he have he'd have dining in there too. So the people that would stay were able to eat, uh, and you know he was making fried chicken and they loved it. I mean, word got around, uh, you know, he, he he just kept. You're right, he failed over and over again because he he kept trying to find different ways to cook it quicker, and he even failed several times with the pressure cooker. Uh, but he he finally got the timing right, uh, and he did he did sell. Uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken to all sorts of different places that weren't exactly called Kentucky Fried Chicken. It was a different, a different restaurant serving the world famous Kentucky Fried Chicken. So I'm not sure when the when the actual first Kentucky Fried Chicken named restaurant started, but yeah, I don't know if a lot of people knew that. Like KFC was around for a long time, operating as a different establishment. Yeah, I mean, you you had it was, I think it was under you know multiple. Uh, different places and anybody really yeah. that, that wanted to to franchise with the opportunity to carry the colonel's chicken absolutely was afforded that chance uh it and i wish i would have known this one this one kind of gets me for forgive me out there on this one it might not have been until you know really he sold out yeah uh and sold that so they said okay now we are going to we're really we're going to bring these under the same umbrella and, yeah, and make sure it's all uniform yeah, 1964, Harlan Sanders sold his KFC franchise business to John Brown and Jack Massey, but remained uh, a spokesman for the company. Yeah, uh, and I'm pretty sure he, for... he remained on in, in pretty much until you know the end of his life. Um, I remember him raising, I heard stories of him raising hell uh, at their at their meetings that they had every year uh, because uh, he was known to have a, a sharp a sharp wit uh, and, a, and a sharp tongue. Uh, he would lambaste the franchise owners at the annual meetings because they weren't following the procedures right, or the stores weren't clean enough, or you know they, they were getting bad reports that you know the chicken wasn't cooked all the way, or it, it wasn't up to his standards. And he, at, at one point, they had to stop uh, inviting him to uh, to the annual meetings because you know he'd just get up there and he'd be the keynote speaker because uh, he founded the company, obviously, and it's his chicken, and he would just tear into these people. Uh, and he would embarrass the people that owned it. Uh, but, you know, eventually, as all things do, uh, you, whenever you keep selling off and selling off and selling off, eventually you get these big corporations and conglomerates, you know, like Yum Brands that owns KFC and Taco Bell. And I, I think, was there one other? I don't well, remember you, exactly. You, uh, you, you have a few in there uh, yeah. the, um, under the Yum Brand umbrella. And, and they... I mean, now they, they have they, they have sacrificed the, their quality for quantity. They have the Long John Silvers. They have the Pizza Huts. Correct. I mean, yeah. all those that you see those combo shops now yep. are going to fall under the, the PepsiCo Yum brand. Yep. And you know, we'll get into that a little bit later. But you know, corporations like that pretty much ruined. You know, well, let's let's talk about you know, that were uh, printing money. One of the big corporations to first get involved in this thing. You know, we talked about these spinoffs, these different unique concepts for fast food and what they're going to deliver. 
because you're trying to avoid locking horns with the big dog McDonald's. There was a group that said, you know what? We are going to go after him. We are going to lock horns. Let's do this. Let's throw down. And it's Burger King. Yeah. Uh, originally named Insta Burger King. They started <laughs> up down in right. Florida. Uh, they had a, a great concept. They were Insta because of the Insta machine that they were using, which is, you know, kind of give that flame broiled taste to it uh, that you'd run it through. They had great struggles trying to find their way. Uh, just, you know, keeping up with the service, getting people to to really embrace the concept in the region down there. And you talk about, you know, even in the Florida, you still got the South where, Rob, is you've kind of relocated there. Your wife's got, mm -hmm. you know, those those Southern tendencies about her. Even then, you know, then it was, you know, we're, you do what? You go to a restaurant for your meals? No, we have home cooking. <laughs> Yeah. That's what we do here. So it was kind of rough to get people to to buy into those those concepts. Uh, they, you know, they found great success. They pushed McDonald's though in so many ways. Uh, they're the ones that introduced. I mean, the Whopper was one of the biggest things, yeah. uh, marketing wise, for one of these companies to kind of conceive and put out there. And it really it it shook McDonald's to its core. Where even you know corporate wise, they panicked and said, "We got to come up with something <laughs> to answer this." Yeah, and I, I'm assuming the Big Mac spun off of that. Well, yeah, you've had in uh, 57, you had the Whopper. Uh, but I was going to say, you know, the success there with Burger King, they started making some ground. Uh, they, they were, they were, you know, you had where uh, Coke at one point was going, you know, was going to pull a contract or, or switch something over. Or uh, No, that's in the, the cola stuff. But they're getting attention uh, from yeah. all these big names here. And they sell out to Pillsbury. What they didn't realize, they thought they were going to have unlimited ultimate funding now. <laughs> uh, what they didn't realize is they just become another column business branch, you know, another just little creek off of the river when it comes to Pillsbury. And while they still have success, you know, those originalers end up selling out because it, it, their vision wasn't going to be fulfilled. Uh, it was going to go in a completely different direction there. Uh, but yeah, you have in 57, you have the Whopper. It's an absolute game changer. McDonald's is quick to, we got to come up with something to answer this. Uh, the first out of the gate, which was invented right here where I'm sitting uh, in Cincinnati, Ohio, actually just two exits up, Montford Heights, uh, Ohio, was the fish filet. Uh, ah, yes. On the west side, Cincinnati here is heavily, heavily populated with Catholics. And the McDonald's there saw a incredible, a massive decline in sales on Friday during Lent. So they had to come up with something <laughs> They introduce it. Obviously, the fish sandwich is not going to compete with the Whopper. It's in a league of its own. It's just, just masterful. You got to hold this bad boy with two hands, you know, to yeah, yeah. barely get your mouth around this thing. Uh, so then it was in... I did Pittsburgh. I know it was Pennsylvania. You have the creation of the Big Mac in 67. And the marketing campaigns behind the Big Mac, the, the double patty, and just the the visual. It was genius. It was genius. The, the, the visual. The jingle. You know, we yeah. always remember it, the jingle. That's too. what you do. You put the advertising in there. Yeah. That's what sets <clears> it apart. And again, McDonald's shows that they're the king of the burger game. And the Big Mac becomes arguably the most iconic item globally in fast food. Yeah, absolutely right. To this day, really, I mean, you know, you'll all everybody knows what the Big Mac is. I, so. I would argue, maybe because it is a sidekick to so many other things on the menu. Those golden fries, they, they mm -hmm. might, they might challenge the Big Mac, but the Big Mac's probably the most iconic item in, in all fast food. 
it, it it's funny how nobody's been able to replicate the same taste as McDonald's fries. I mean, you can copy the Big Mac and, and kind of come up with something maybe not as good, but similar. But really, it, after all these years, I don't know how they do it. They literally, you could taste, you could, I could take a fry right now and it tastes the same now as it did when I was a kid. Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's never changed. I, I don't know if it's the oil they use, the seasoning, the, the particular potato or the, it's, I know, it's the actually, potato blend. It's actually <laughs> something that they have dedicated tremendous attention towards. Yeah. Uh, one of the things, you know, the concepts here, we just talked, we talked about the croc, you know, talking about how could this thing, how people like regional, how is this going to work coast to coast going across state lines? It it's that you have to have everything uniformed. And back yeah. then it was such a, for, it was such an out of this world concept, but how are we going to do that? Because you had local vendors supplying. So you had different flavors, even though you had the same basic concept, you're going to have, you're going to be off a little bit. True. And that was something that drove croc absolutely insane. So he made a very bold and game-changing move way back when that he didn't care where you put a McDonald's, they were going to come from the same potato farmer. So they, they took that, you know, that very basic idea there. We So everything, everything that is, that's involved in that French fry is going to come from the same source so that you get that same uniform taste and flavor. Uh, also under that concept is where you, you have the invention of Hamburger U. Yeah. To make sure that if you're going to join this franchise, you are damn well, you are doing it this way, the McDonald's way. Uh, they, You can read the biography, you watch the documentaries on him. You, you go back, that was one of the things that would infuriate Croc when he would go to visit, you know, if he's down in Tennessee visiting a McDonald's and they're trying to put customized local flavors. No, yes, that was not right. happening. You, yeah. you, you, you stick to your contract, you stick to your agreement. The McDonald's in Tennessee is going to be the same as it is out in Cucamonga, California. Yeah. I mean, I could put a blindfold on and take a bite of McDonald's cheeseburger and know exactly who it is. Like, hands down, 100%. Uh, and it just it brings me back to when I was a kid, you know, getting a Happy Meal and stuff like that. Like, it, it's, again, that's another thing. Their cheeseburgers now taste the same as they did when I was a kid. It's it's just, uh, it, I, I put it, in, I even put it in the intro to this show uh, in my opening signature, you know, our memories are tied around food. You know, you could take a bite of something that you ate as a kid and be brought back to a time, you know, when things were great. Uh, and it, that's how wonderful food is. I, I, you know, I told you before we started recording here, what, what I find so makes why I'm so interested in this <clears throat> is to me, and it's why I chose it as a profession because it, it's more than that to me. It, it's a tremendous passion. And when you look at all, if you look at, you know, would it be any kind of event, sporting event, um, great, you know, tremendous, you know, marks in your life, uh, family gatherings, concerts, whatever the occasion, whatever great occasion in life that you have, it's always truly defined by the food. Yeah. And in that, in that, in those flavors, those textures, those aromas, they can take you back to those better places, those better times that they, they feel good for you. And, and and with a society on the go, <clears throat> fast food was a big part of that. And so many times you mentioned the Happy Meal, nineteen seventy nine, the year I was born, baby. That's probably the best gift you got. You people have gotten from a Happy Meal. <laughs> but no, I mean, think about that when you're a kid. I mean, it's it's a it's a it's a treat. Yeah. It's a present. 
Yeah. Not only you getting that food, it's not mom in the kitchen or grandma in the kitchen or whoever it might have been, you know, slaving away in that, you know, that <laughs> grocery store, bought, blah, 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 eat your vegetables, meatloaf Monday, whatever the case might be. It was a treat to go out, get yourself a hamburger, chicken nuggets, those delicious, crispy, golden, salted fries. And then, and then you got, it came in a cool box, a cool bag, and then you got a toy with it. You got, you got something to take home. You got that souvenir. And now I get to share that with my three-year-old, uh, who we get her happy meal. And, you know, the first one she she got, she opened up, she goes, oh, fries. And she loves hamburger and fries. Like, she, if she could eat fries every day, she'd be a happy kid. Uh, and then she sees the toy. She goes, oh, they gave me a present. Like, she had no clue. But, like, that first time that she got it, uh, it just it, it, it brought me back, man. I'm like, this is it's what America was all about. Well, I think, you know, it, that's a game changer for McDonald's, you know, the introduction of the happy meal, especially on a, on a level <laughs> that they're competing at, you got to look in, in 1979, there are right around 60,000 fast food outlets covering the U S mm-hmm. uh, as people are traveling, they're on the go. Who's your target here? That screaming kid in the backseat. Yeah. Where are they going to want to go? Because they're, they're being, they're being catered to. It's a special place for them. You're going to get a McDonald's. It was another win here for the juggernaut uh, inside the fast food wars. Yeah, you're you're exactly right. Uh, and circling back to Burger King, I actually worked for them for several years uh, through high school. And, uh, dude, you want to talk about one of the best jobs ever, getting to make free food. Uh, <laughs> that's, you know, and all the different things you can come up with there. Uh, we, we kind of experimented with all kinds of different things you know even before the double and triple whopper came out we were doing it ourselves or you know we had the i don't know if you remember the i'm not gonna sit here and believe one bit that you've ever (laughs) indulged in a triple whopper no no you couldn't (laughs) no no you couldn't tell me looking at me um i don't know if you remember the international chicken sandwiches that burger king had they had a french chicken an american chicken and an italian chicken Dude, yep. we had a field day uh, just experimenting with those, too. We put those on the – we we made uh, broiled chicken out of that with the BK broilers, which I think that's not even a, that's not even an item anymore. But, you know, we, we'd take chicken tenders and wrap them up in cheese and dip them in mayo. I mean, like, dude, having food around you all the time as, uh, as a guy who loves food, uh, that's, you know, that's kind of how I got my girlish figure. Uh, but I, I loved working there, and – you know, we had a, a such a great team, and we had a lot of fun. When you have a good team, uh, at, like we do here at Hameen, uh, it makes everything that much more fun. It was it was one of my favorite jobs that I ever had. Um, you know, the managers were on point; everything ran you know like a like a, a tight ship. But you know, we we did our job. We worked hard, but we still had fun. And man, I really really loved uh, working at at Burger King. It's uh, just great memories, man. I still I can still smell the grease on my my uniform when I brought it home every night. Oh, it, 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 it comes home with you. And I, I will say you want to talk about, and I don't want to get into the debate, you know, of what hourly wage is mm-hmm. appropriate for fast food in this day and age. Uh, but until, until you get back there, especially in a lunch or dinner rush, you'd have to experience that. Uh, you talk about some high pressure, some high performance. High demand. Uh, there's a lot that goes into it. Uh, so it's one of those things you've experienced. It's really hard to appreciate. But it's one of those as well, too, you know, on that flip. Not saying that that everyone approaches it that way. It's something like in any walk of life, you got to take pride in it. 
Yeah, and we did. I mean, I especially myself, I, I worked my up from a crewmate all the way to a shift manager. I mean, that's how much I loved working there and how much how dedicated I was to it. But you know, uh, even as a shift manager in nineteen, I think it was ninety seven, ninety eight, I was making six fifty an hour. So yeah, I mean, even as a as a manager, we you know we weren't getting paid a lot, but you know, minimum wage was also four twenty seven at that time. Um, but still, dude, we had a ton of fun and. Having experienced that and working in different restaurants for several years before I got into retail, so I've, I've kind of seen uh, all facets of uh, public service like that. But, uh, you know, when I go to fast food restaurants, people mess up my order. Having been there and done that, I'm like, come on, it's it's not rocket science. I mean, literally now they probably make it easier than it was back then. Uh, I worked f- for a while for, at Wendy's, and they wouldn't they wouldn't use screens. You literally had to pay attention to what uh, the cashier was was reading off in the microphone. Uh, you weren't able to keep receipts or or screens, so you had to remember you had to memorize the orders. Wow! Um, but at BK we had screens, and uh, you know it drives me nuts uh, when I go to you know Taco Bell or Burger King or wherever, and my orders messed up because I'm like, God, come on, you know, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it, you're not you're not solving, you know, you're not curing cancer. You're you're making food that's given to you on a on a on a screen or a ticket. Uh, I don't understand how people mess it up, but maybe, maybe that's why you know restaurants don't want to pay. Well, so let's get back to the positive. Yeah, conversation for another one. Definitely is, but it just it just grinds my gears. Yeah, so I. We're, which who were we even talking about before we spun off here? Well, I guess we, you know this is a good a good to transition into uh, another delicious dish. Uh, we're talking, you know, we talked about breakfast. We talked about burgers. Let's talk about you know another world favorite, and it's it's pizza pie, and yeah. how the flavors, the fast food game changed the flavors, especially what is it you know, let's see, not let's yeah, what's accepted is pizza uh, across <laughs> America. Uh, it, it, you got to look, you know, originally you, you know, Rob, you talked earlier about the beginnings of pizza and who lays claim to uh, being the creators. And you have the great arguments of what what style is the is the absolute best pizza. Well, you know, like in wrestling, when we talk about best, we talk about numbers. Who's selling? Who's drawing? Well, when it comes to America, when it comes to the quick service restaurant game, the two finest are you have Domino's and Pizza Hut. Yep. I remember the uh, I mean, the, the marketing campaigns for both growing up were 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 tremendous. Um you know, we used to love. It was like a, a special treat to go out to Pizza Hut. Uh, you know, with my dad and my mom and Fr- Friday uh, nights, know. right? Pizza, yeah. pizza pie. Maybe go get a uh, go get an old Coliseum Coliseum video from <laughs> WWE or a, yeah. uh, an, an NES game, and you were set. Yep, exactly right. And unfortunately, where where I was growing up, we didn't have a Domino's that delivered, so I didn't get to wow. have Domino's. Yeah, I didn't get to have Domino's really? until pro- probably the mid nineties. And I mean, it was a huge chain. We had them, you know, cross town, but they wouldn't. They wouldn't go to our area. It's well, like I, 15, 20 minutes away. And they, that's what they had, like the the half hour. Or, I was going to say train, that's right? that's got to be why. That's what's yeah. crazy inside of that. Yeah. Uh, but you know, to, going back to the humble beginnings of each of those chains, you have two sets of brothers in each case. They start with minimal uh, investment money. I think you know, with the Pizza Hut guys, they borrowed like six hundred bucks from their mom. <laughs> and and they went and just got this ran down place. Uh, again, we're starting, we're creating history or White Castle started Wichita, Kansas. This is the birthplace of Pizza Hut. And they they had never even had pizza. 
they didn't know what they were getting into. This was really on the fly, and they start growing this franchise. You know, this incredible dynasty. They quickly realize we're going to franchise this thing. Uh, where in the case of Domino's, what really set them apart is they they really understood. Okay, they jump into this piece of business. We, we can't keep up with this demand. We don't have a big enough floor space in here. So let's make the world our dining room. Let's create the delivery service. And they they where they were at near I believe it was yeah Michigan University. So they have access to these these dorms and these off you know the campus housing and things like that. So boom 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 they've got immediate build in. Let's go business. They they create the 30 minute guarantee which it makes complete sense why you couldn't get Domino's but it blows my mind that you know it, 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 it's funny all these years later I just put two and two together. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, we have we 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 went and got takeout, you know, from time to time from them. But you know, uh, Jerome brought up a good point. Pizza Hut's had dine-ins, so uh, it was cool to go there with the family and, and get a it, when it, you when you get had Pizza Hut setting. Though. They had old yes. rustic setting too, yes. man. You, you had like the 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 red and white tablecloth. Yep. You had the old kind of stoned paneling wood, and really that <laughs> that that grew from. What's crazy is that grew from. That was simply how the place that they had rented or purchased. That's how it was designed. They didn't have money yep. to remodel. Yep. <laughs> they were stuck with it. So it grew into their iconic look. Uh, another fun piece. They didn't have money for a sign. Uh, so their <laughs> their cola vendor was a Pepsi uh, distributor was going to print them a banner. And the only thing is it could only fit enough letters to fit pizza hut. After pizza, they had room for three letters. So they settled on hut. That's that's wow. Wow. I didn't know that. That's that's a pretty cool fact. So you're saying they didn't have uh, an, an official name until until that happened? Yeah. Uh they they had they had three letters to go on this sign that's they're so getting funny. printed from, and that's they're funny. going through all these different things. What can we go with? What can we go with? And <laughs> they landed on hut. That's hilarious. I had no idea. That that's a really fun fact. When you think of Pizza Hut in the eighties as a kid, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Pizza Hut is it's really that dine-in experience. Yeah. Uh when you when you went there it, it really was it, it was that cool dine-in experience you had, you know, the family sitting around there, the tables put you cuz you had multiple tables or whatever, you had a couple pies on the table, you had the pitchers of soda. The but pitchers of soda, would, yeah. They yeah. they would also capitalize on too. You had the claw machine and whatever hot video game was sitting <laughs> over in there. Mhm. Yeah, that's exactly right. When I think about it, I think of a pan pizza. Like, you know, and especially meat what, lovers. What's interesting uh, with that is, you know, they, for the different flavors, when they began to expand and most notably when they had to go to the Northeast where you've got, at, you know, you know how it is, man, pizza snobs. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. That was hard expansion for them because, you know, that flavor that they brought with pizza, most of America never had pizza before. So that right. that's what, that's why it's the American flavor of pizza. Because a lot of people didn't have that. And you get into the Northeast, especially, where you get into the Chicago markets. Those people already have a, a very strong, they're not going to change their mind <laughs> concept of what pizza is. So yep. Pizza Hut had to, they had <clears throat> to change from the traditional, they had to go to the thin up in the Northeast and you had to go to the deep, you know, when you move into like the, the Chicago market. Which is funny that, you know, pizza really is regionalized. Uh you know, and people don't even know this, that true Chicago pizza isn't deep dish. Deep dish is a novelty to native, you know, Chicagoans. It's thin crust pizza. 
Uh, same with St. Louis. St. Louis is known for a thinner crust. Uh, obviously, New York is known for you know what what people down here call New York style pizza, uh, but it's a light, airy crust. You know, with, you know that you can fold. Um, Connecticut was kind of the same way. But yeah, it, it's just funny how different regions have different styles of pizza. But yeah, no, I, I talked to a couple of people from Chicago that said, "Dude, that deep dishes, that's shit. That's that's you know pizzeria unos and, and stuff like that. Like that's you know you got you got Leo, uh, Lou Malnati's and Giordano's and you know that, that have kind of made a shit ton of money on that. Uh, but true Chicago pizza is actually a thinner crust. And at one point, Pizza Hut had offered a significant significant offer on the table to purchase Domino's and, and they had turned them down for it. Uh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. And actually the brothers at Domino <laughs> one day had ended up splitting. They had split up. They couldn't see eye to eye on it. So the one brother stuck with it uh, and, he, and he wasn't going to give up on his passion. He was very successful. He was franchising at the time, but he was still living in a trailer. Wow. That's, and, uh... he, and Pizza Hut was going to make a very lucrative life-changing offer, but he believed, he believed in himself. He gambled on himself. He continued and persevere and now look today you know as we're talking in 2021 domino's has dethroned pizza hut as the number one pizza pizza chain uh, to, to me pizza hut now doesn't taste the same as when i was a kid i mean they they did grow through a lot of different changes and um i it's been a long time since i've been to pizza hut because it just it's i i, I mean, still enjoy, I, I enjoy it i i, I really you? enjoy it I, I probably prefer it more than domino's really uh yeah, something about it, you know, and, and it might be those memories. It you know, could be. Again, yeah. that that yeah. nostalgia, and uh, I will say for the Jargos, you know, a, a, <laughs> a night of ordering food out, they still do that. Pizza mm-hmm. Hut's a big night in their household. See, I, I I like some of the newer franchises. I don't know how new they are, but, you know, I like Marco's Pizza. Uh, I don't know if you ever had that. Uh, <laughs> cheap, plug, cheap plug for Colin. Why song there? <laughs> uh, I don't know if, uh, you know, if uh, we didn't have Papa John's growing up, I, I don't know when they, they popped up, but uh, my wife loves Papa John. It's, it's, it's funny how subjective pizza is because um, not everybody likes the same kind. Uh, but Papa John's got really, really big too. I mean, you know, it, at one point having a big contract with the NFL being the official pizza, it's like, you know, e- even sports teams realize how it, it just goes across the board, McDonald's, Burger King, whoever else. You know, mainstream media and 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 you know your other avenues like franchises knew the importance of food and and, and you know how they could tie it in and make money on it. Uh, that became a big deal in the in the, I think in the nineties, really. Well, I'd say eighties. I, I man, you, the 80s? You, are, yeah. you are the king of transition segues here today. <laughs> I, I wanted to I wanted to talk. I was going to ask you about this, and I wanted to give props. You know, when it, we talk about that aggressiveness in implementing advertising and how you grow. And you're you're growing along with society as fast food. Taco Bell was king, especially yeah. in the '80s. You know, they were one of the first people to go out there and get major sports stars. Uh, they were the ones they go out and completely sponsor the X Games. Yep, yeah, that's right. They they were running crazy promotional material. There was one of the. I don't think it was a complete spaceship, but there was like a satellite that was re-emerging back into the atmosphere, coming back down the land. And they had put this giant splash pad out in the ocean. And if any piece <laughs> of that hit that hit that target, they were going to give everybody a free taco. That's awesome. That's I mean, outstanding. That's how progressive they were. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, the, you know, early, and you're talking about the, it started in the 80s, but then that, 
that big boom in the nineties when they went out and got Shaquille O'Neal mm-hmm. and really launched the soft taco. Yep. I mean, I, I just remember how how huge and over the top that was. And, and Taco Bell really having their own niche inside of inside of the marketplace. To this they, day, they, I mean, had been, it, they had been around for yeah. so long. But yeah. when it comes to the fast food concept, I mean, they, yeah, they had their other competitors with with quick service Mexican restaurants, but Taco John's, um, Del Taco, but, who's, like but who has grown? No one has grown. No, nobody has. You know, not just nationally, but globally. Yeah. Like Taco Bell. And it all started Mr. Bell out in California who visited McDonald's, who actually was inspired. He had some taco shops before that. Couldn't figure out any Mexican restaurants. There was a competitor who was just blowing him out of the water. And he saw people just in and out. And he finally kept going in there eating. And he finally broke them down to share some secrets. And, and that's where he took. And that's where he twisted all that, you know, with his own kind of beliefs and what was working for him. And, and we had Taco Bell. And now to this day, I mean, steal a base, steal a taco, you know, when it comes to the World Series or the playoffs, mm-hmm. uh, they're still doing that today. So, I mean, they've always been kind of ingrained in, in, in the sports world. But, you know, you got to think about movie companies as well. I remember as a kid, you know, getting collectible Star Wars glasses from, you know, Burger King or McDonald's and stuff yeah. like that. I mean, that's, you know, and they were smart enough to, to be able to cross promote and cross brand with, with other, you know, with sports and movies and stuff like that. So, I mean, it, it's amazing the 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 impact that that fast food corporations have on other entities, you know, such as sports and entertainment. I don't know. If this is it's kind of a wild rumor. I don't know how much their truth is to it, or how extensive the conversations went back and forth. Uh, but Walt Disney and Ray Kroc from McDonald's they had met in World War One around that time. They were in the military, and there was big talks about McDonald's going into the Disney parks back way back then. Uh, think about how, how that would have been a game changer. Mm-hmm. There's from the McDonald's side of it. They say that Disney wanted them to charge 10 cents for French fries inside the parks. And they refused to budge on, <laughs> you know, they weren't going to gouge their great customers. Uh, but the other side of that is that the talks, maybe Disney was like, we don't, we don't need a concession out. We we take care of ourselves here. That they just kind of fizzled and fell apart. But I mean, that would have been a huge game changer yeah. opening McDonald's into that market, which might have mean that there never would have been a Burger King. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. I mean, you know, in working at Burger King, I remember certain promotions like when Toy Story first came out, when Jurassic Park came out. I mean, fast food companies were were trying to outdo each other to get that next big you know, blockbuster or cartoon or whatever. I mean, it's a, it's a huge piece of business to give out promotional material and it works. It works on both sides. It's a win-win for everybody. Uh, again, in, in every aspect and why it's so incredible to me inside of our society, what runs and pairs perfectly with it is food. Yeah. Food and entertainment. Yeah. But exactly even the entertainment, right. you need the food. You talk about the food. Yep. No, you're exactly right. Uh, I mentioned something off air. There's one, glaring omission that's not really included in the, the timeline of fast food restaurants. Uh, and you, you gave me a couple guesses uh, off air, which, which, which weren't right. Do you want to take a stab at, at one more? I'm thinking, all right. So give me, are we talking about what we consider the, the classics that we were covering before we go into like the modern in the, in the future or. I mean, they've been around a long time and they're probably one of the, the most innovative companies. That's, that's probably the only hint. That I'll that I'll give you. 
Because, I mean, I don't want to give you away too much. I don't even want to give you the type of food because you'll probably get it. But they're Arby's. definitely the leaders of – ah, no. Chick-fil-A. Okay. See, I, I, I would go a little modern. Yeah, uh, with but, them, but they were you're... they were founded in 1946, and I know they operated mostly in uh, shopping malls, like in food courts. They were they were known as the food court company, like Sabaro and places like that, yep. for a long, long time. Yep. Eventually, branching out into their fast food restaurant, their their brick and mortars. But they've been around since 1946, and you look at pretty much you know you can Google fast food timeline. I, I pulled up four or five that didn't include them at all, and you have to think about one of the most innovative company that there is we can we can segue to modern times uh they have done a tremendous job improving their speed of service you want to talk about an efficient operation and it's chick-fil-a and it's mostly been a southern chain for many many years uh that has recently expanded out to uh, the entire country lately uh, i remember friends back home in connecticut getting a, a chick-fil-a uh about four or five years ago and it's wrapped around the building I mean, even even down here in, in, in Middle Tennessee, there's never a time of day where they're not wrapped around the building. And they have a very interesting business model when it comes to their franchises now. Um, they typically only allow one or two restaurants in a particular area. They don't let them become saturated like a McDonald's, like a Burger King and places like or Sonic or places like that. Um, it's going to be special. There's going to be one or two in a region or in, in a state. Uh, and that's how they kind of keep the demand high uh well there's not an overabundance of supply but dude they have made ridiculous changes since covid um you know they actually and i don't know if this is across the country but i think we were a test market here in tennessee uh they removed their drive-through window um they they, they were one of the first to have the double lane drive-through uh they have people outside taking your order so you don't have to go up to a speaker they have you know their little handheld uh, gimmicks that they type in your order and all that. Uh, but now they went as far as to remove the drive through window, which only serves one car at a time. And now they bring their employees outside. Uh, they have tables lined up and they can give you four or five, you know, orders out in their, in their drive through lanes, uh, taking them out to your car uh, with, with their employees that are on foot. It's amazing. It's amazing how efficient they are. But I found it funny that they were not included on the fast food timeline. And I think it's because they are so, as you said, they were that the shopping mall, the food court sort of deal. But to see, you know, to have that vision, we're ready to grow beyond this. And, and look, and, and not know, rush it, it. They didn't rush it. They took their time well, to come up with a, a smart plan. You see the writing on the wall. If you want to survive <clears throat> as a company with the decline of malls in the last 12 years, I mean, there's only one human being alive that I regularly hear talking about going to the malls and it's Monday mornings in the locker room. Ben, how I mean, I don't know in upstate New York, him and his buddies are still going to the mall and just kicking it. Uh, but he's talking about it all the time. Yeah. But if you're going to survive, you need to grow outside uh, of those boundaries. And, yeah. and what Chick-fil-A was able to do inside of that is, they are cutting edge. They're very progressive in the trends that you are going to see beginning to sweep across this industry. Also inside of that, they didn't try to grow from their core management philosophies and just company philosophies. They didn't try to grow and expand on those ultimate beliefs. I saw, you know, they're in the chat talking about not open on Sundays. They're staying true to, you know, there's Christian style. Sunday is a day of rest. Uh, those those kinds of beliefs, even inside of their menu structure, 
where you see so many McDonald's is so guilty of this, where they're, you know, they're trying to get into gourmet burgers or too many menu items. Yeah. Stick to your niche. Yep. Chick-fil-A knows exactly what they are and they're they're going to perfect that for you or to the best of their ability. They're going to perfect that. And it's one of the best chicken sandwiches you'll you'll ever have. Well, it's it's so, it's so good, and they're so good at it that you have everyone else is trying to create this chicken war that we've seen over you know kind of re resurfacing over the last couple of years. So, and yeah, you're exactly right, Rob. The innovation is absolutely incredible. It's strategic to create demand by you know by positioning where your locations are at. You know, it's not like you go outside, turn in any direction, throw a rock, you're going to hit a McDonald's. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're exactly right. And I'm glad you mentioned the chicken war because that's it's an amazing time that we're in right now. You know, things do run in trends. You'll see certain flavors or certain concepts go like, I remember a few years ago, everything had to be sriracha. It was, you know, every every restaurant came out with that. And and now it's jalapenos and everything's be jalapeno flavored. You'll, you'll see it with, you know, like, uh, potato chips and stuff like that. Everything is going to be flaming hot. Things run in trends. Now we're in a chicken sandwich trend. Uh, and just about every fast food restaurant that I could think of, and I might actually do a video on this. I'm, I'm, cause there's a lot of restaurants here that I have access to in the South that, that people don't have in, in the rest of the country. Trust me. There's a lot of fat people down here. Um, it's, it's, it's just, it's one of the restaurant capitals of the world in middle Tennessee. Um, but I have access to, Sonic, uh, Burger King, McDonald's, KFC, Taco Bell was actually a test market here. They're trying a chicken sandwich taco. It was it was disgusting. Well, we, we've we've had that. I, I've had that. Did you have that there too? In, okay. In the Southern yeah. Ohio market. Yeah, it, it, it wasn't, actually wasn't bad. I, it was. It okay. wasn't bad, but it, I I didn't see it getting over, and I don't know if they're going to release it. But I, I, I'm not going. And you look, you know, when McDonald's tried chicken wings, it got the uh, the CEO fired. It was a <laughs> warehouse. You know, I, yeah. I'm not going to McDonald's for chicken wings right just as i'm not going to taco bell for fried chicken for fried chicken yeah no you're exactly right now they have the the naked chicken chalupa which is just a fried chicken shaped like a taco um but hardy's just redid their big chicken so they have a new chicken sandwich that just launched here i think last week uh we know kfc finally launched a chicken sandwich you want to talk about the home of fried chicken has never had a decent chicken sandwich until this year that that blows my mind i you know I, I like the little the little bites that they had the little chicken bites that they had but you know what why why did you need a chicken sandwich you get sandwiches everywhere else you know get i don't know it's it's the thing it's the rage right now popeye's obviously you know started the first kind of spinoff of of we're gonna make the best chicken sandwich there is and really went up against chick-fil-a very very hard uh and a lot of people will say that popeye's chicken sandwich is better than chick-fil-a uh, but yeah, that, that spun off everybody. Burger King just came out with a, a revolutionized new chicken sandwich, which is actually really good. I don't know if you've had it yet. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, I, I like their old chicken sandwich. The, the long cut that on I still the, get on the, the original hoagie one. bun. I Shaped love like a that football. One. Yeah. yeah, yeah that's the odd long favorite. chicken patty. Who knows what's inside of it? Well, how many they got a good, there's a good mayo on there. Get to get I agree. It's good. It's good. I agree. I agree. I add bacon and, and onions to it. That's, that's Ooh, really, really good. I, I do onion. I'm a big onion fan. Yeah, try bacon too. That's really, really good. But yeah, it, it's just funny how that's the thing going on right now. Everybody has launched a new, ch- even guys that have been doing chicken sandwiches for years, like McDonald's and Burger King, had to do something to keep up with Chick Fil A and Popeyes. Uh, I don't know why it's a big thing now. Maybe because of the portability, the the, the the ease of eating a chicken sandwich. But for whatever reason, Rick, um, 
we're in the middle of kind of a boom period uh, in restaurants. Well, you, you create right now what you've seen is uh, prices are going up everywhere. I mean, beef's going up, but chicken is going up. So what yeah. you do is you create a, a demand. Now you've got a premium a, a item you can charge a little more for. Right. But necessarily because of the hype, and now you want to, now you're in a competition again. You know, we are creatures of habit. It's built into our DNA. We love to compete. Who's the best? And we want to judge as well. You know, we want to be able to say, no, this one, you are the superior. It's tremendous marketing ploys. And this is where they all kind of come together on this thing. You get two of them and it's going to widespread itself in every direction. You know, who can get on this thing? How, you said yourself, you're thinking about doing it. I'll admit, I've done it. Me and Pops, when we're out running around, having a couple beers, we're going to hit a few stops. Guess what we do on each between each stop? We're stopping and getting a chicken sandwich. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just, and, you know, for other restaurants to keep up, they got to do something. You know, that's a new craze. Like I said, Hardee's just changed their, they took the big chicken off the menu and came up with a new concept, you know, a new uh, uh, recipe for their chicken sandwich because of everybody else. You know, they're just following suit. We don't want to get left out of this big craze that's going right now. So we got to do something about it. They put a lot of money into R&D and into getting these new sandwiches out. I I still would. uh... I'm a betting man, so I would I would throw some money down. Uh, in the case of someone like McDonald's, they got a good premium chicken sandwich. I enjoyed it. Uh, but I'm going to bet you the McChicken still beats the crap out of it when it comes to sales at the end of the year. Just because I agree. I cheap, love McChicken. It's cheap and it's good yeah. to go. It really is. I don't. They didn't have to change anything. They're McDonald's. No, I, I, I can get like I don't four, know why they had to compete. I mean, the I, McDonald's I get, and McDonald's. I can get like four McChickens. Yeah. For the price of one of those other ones. And I didn't. I didn't. I, I didn't hate their new chicken, but I didn't think it was as good as the other ones that are out there. I didn't, I didn't, I was kind of unimpressed with the fact well, that it's a working you know, point. Now you, now you got a premium yeah. because chicken sales are going up. But now, even we, the cost we, of, of your regular foods going up too. I mean, there are no value. Me- like you see the picture behind us. Like <laughs> there are no value meals anymore. I mean, it used to be uh, a thing to get a combo. All right. I'm going to get a sandwich, you know, a hamburger or fry and a drink, or whatever for five bucks, you know, now it's nine dollars. Some places are ten dollars with tax. I mean, it's it's ridiculous how how the price of food in general has gone up compared to what we what we you know grew up with. And I, I mean, I don't want to talk inflation and stuff like that, but w- what is the reason for the fact that you anywhere you go, you're not going to pay under ten bucks typically, unless you get like the four for four and the five for five and you know the, the special gimmick deals they have. And yeah, you are seeing you know where you start to see the value meals. They start to take shape in the in the seventies and then eighties. It was across the board. And yeah. Wendy's, Wendy's gets a lot of credit as being the first ones, yep for for creating that value meal. Well, we know, you know, we're growing up. Remember, it's hard said. Everything on that value meal is under a dollar. So junior bacon cheeseburger, Biggie fries. You know, well, to nuggets, the point, you know, they were chili. called dollar. You know, in our mind, they're dollar menus. But value is, you know, you are yeah. you're you're supposed to be packaging things. You know, I tell my clients, they say, well, we need specials. We need specials. Stop saying special because when you use the term special, you're stapling discounts and right. a, 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 you know less monies that are being exchanged. We need features. We're not going to mention price. We're going to hype this thing up that you know it's going to be so mouthwatering, so savory that people are they're going to be clamoring for this thing. They're going to be kicking down the doors, lining up. I mean, features. That's what they're moving towards here. And again, it, as we look at the trends, Chick Fil A such. <clears throat> such a tremendous leader inside of the industry 
we're going to start seeing a lot more of what they're doing implemented across the board and even further expansion than that. Uh, we're talking about, especially during COVID, what we're, what we're learning here, you're yep. going to see going away is the dining area, yep. uh, which is kind of full circle because when they were car hops, they, they didn't have the indoor city. You're going to see those starting to fade away and you're going to see again, a lot more curbside pickup. Uh, express lanes is what I'm seeing. Taco Bell right now is a pretty aggressive for <clears> testing <throat> these things where it's just like at the amusement park, you order on the app and you have a speedy pass. So there's a lane directly yeah. for you on, if you're inside the app ordering that you go right up to, you know, no matter where you're at, we see them at McDonald's, Chick-fil-A's, especially they're wrapped they're up. They're around the building. They're blocking tra traffic. It will be a special entrance for you to get to a speedy lane so that you're in and out. Same and as that we're seeing in amusement parks. Well, well, that's what I do at McDonald's is, you know, I order on their app and I, I do the, uh, the curbside, you know, both lanes of drive through are wrapped around. I drive around everybody and park in one of the three special lanes and they bring it out to me. Uh, I don't have to talk to anybody. <laughs> you know, I just get my food and go. I don't have to wait 10, 15 minutes in line because their drive throughs for whatever reason, even if they run two windows are still slow. Like you, you think in a company that innovated speed of service, uh, you'd think they'd still be implementing some of those practices today because you can wait and drive through lanes for quite a while. But curbside, boom, pull in, get it, and go. It's that easy. Well, you know, it's to encourage people to use those alternatives as well. When we go from the speedy system, we're going to go to the extra speedy system. And again, you might start to see menus beginning to shrink for certain companies where they really worry yeah. about their niche and they know what they can deliver. <laughs> what's going to be the the most flavorful the most consistent the most value for the consumer uh they're going to be relying more we see the widespread of how many times we say this growing up especially you know when we started hanging in bars like man i wish we could just order you know order some mcdonald's right now and see all you had you could do pizza and chinese back then it, you know how many times did you hear someone say what a million dollar idea that would be and now here we are where you've got Uber Eats, you've got DoorDash, you've got, who else do we got? Uh, Grubhub. You've yep. got all these delivery services <clears throat> available to you. Now, I sent you a picture today, getting ready. I ordered up some White Castle. There it was, delivered to my door in, you know, <laughs> yeah. 15 minutes. Now, yeah. I did pay a premium on that. Exactly. What yeah. if I would, if I just would have gotten my lazy ass and drove and gotten it myself, would it cost me probably eight bucks and it cost me about 16 and some change, but <laughs> Hey, it's a convenience factor. Um, yeah. you know, my, my wife actually thought of that idea around 2000, 2001, well, well before any of those services ever started. She's like, I wish there was a place I could just go out and get me whatever I wanted. And I'm like, ah, that'll never work. I mean, shit, if she would have put some money into that, who knows? She might've been the Uber Eats or the DoorDash queen, but yeah, she, she had that idea. Like, yeah, this sucks. Like, you know, like you said, pizza and Chinese will always deliver, but like, I just want somebody to go get me some Arby's and bring it to me. Uh, it's unfortunate that she didn't follow through with that, but it, it's funny that we see that now, um, especially during COVID, that became a big deal. With the fact that, you know, you had people that could just drop stuff off, leave it at the door, didn't have to touch you at all. Uh, they text you and let you know that it was there, you know, you, so you wouldn't interact with anybody and you kept your distance. Um, and people are realizing that even, you know, as the pandemic is kind of slowing down a little bit, Hey, that's really convenient. Like now I'm not worried about getting sick. I just, like you said, I don't want to go out and go pick it up. You know, I'm just going to have them bring right. it to me. So I see that being the, the standard bearer going forward. Well, and yeah, it's going to be about the, you know, different methods of service, uh, right from the, from ordering, 
And, and not to, you know, to jump back into that, I mean, just how the preparation, seeing technology now inside of the restaurant, because mm-hmm. if, if they can, if they can get us more dependent on using the internet, using apps through our phones to communicate, to use that language with computer operated machinery behind the scenes, you've got that direct connection. There's so, you know, you're shrinking that, that room for human error. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's right. And, you know, for me, just as a convenience factor, so I don't have to go up and, and, and talk to anybody. Um, I just use the app. I, we were talking off air. I, you know, we probably have 12 to 14 apps on our phones just, just to order food. And it's not, it's not just food. It's in, you know, any kind of, uh, you know, any venue now, whether it's, you know, ordering tickets for events or, uh, you know, buying stuff online like eBay and Amazon. I mean, technology has made things very, very easy to get whatever you want, whenever you need it. But I'd much rather use the app because I don't have to tell them, yeah, I want, you know, two, you know, cheese gordita crunches, no, you know, no Baja sauce, extra cheese, no, you know, blah, 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 blah. And your special orders. I can just type it right in on my phone. It's right there. They can see it. You eliminate the human error of not punching it in. Right. Or, you know what I mean? So, uh, it's made things, you know, a, a lot easier for me. I, if there's an app, I'll use it. My wife gives me shit for it all the time. She's like, "You're so lazy." No, it's just I. It's quicker for me to do it on the app, uh, and and get it done correctly. Well, and you talked about the the absence, the disappearance of the value meal. I encourage mm-hmm. anyone that's out there, even if you don't regularly frequent a certain restaurant, maybe it's somewhere brand new to you. Look for an app. See what kind of deals that they have on there. Some are much more efficient, or, or, or you know, yeah, you get yeah. values on there. McDonald's, that you wouldn't know about. Yeah, that McDonald's you wouldn't is know a about. magnificent app. Uh, Absolutely. My dad, Papa, to my nephews, he spends a tremendous amount of time with them. He watches them during the week while yeah. while yeah. my niece is at work and all that. And while they're out running errands and things like that, it's regular that they go through the drive through at McDonald's. Uh, they pick up grandma, mamaw, uh, a frappe. So yeah. on there, use the app for that. You get points. So yeah. after so many of them, she gets a free large you get a free one. drink. Yeah, that's right. Also on Saturday, the boys love the French fries. You go get a large French fry at McDonald's, pay pay you know menu price. You're over three bucks, like three nineteen. Yeah. Every day they got on that app, large fry one dollar. That's right. The boys one dollar for the large fry. Here you go. Can I get two bags? Divide the fries. There they go. <laughs> That's sure. That's it's non-advertised uh, deals that you know they want you to use the app. There's a special incentive, like those special deals, for you to use that app to get that out there to to get you know by word of mouth because they don't do advertising for their apps. It's pretty much a grassroots campaign through people through word of mouth. Hey, check this out. Wendy's has a reward system. You know, sign up for free, like that. You 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 know. You rack up so many points and when needs you get a free baconator. You know, they have different menu items that you can get just by the reward system. And a lot of restaurants are doing that. So yeah, I mean, even Burger King. Burger King has special deals, you know, uh, like two whoppers, two fries, two drinks for four bucks that you wouldn't know about because it's not on the menu. But using their app, you find out their special deals. It's it's genius yeah. market, you know. It, it without having to market uh, and spend any money on it, it's really smart to, in my opinion. Well, you look at, you know, it's something like I want to say like right now it's like 73% of Americans have a smartphone. Right. And it, that's not going to, that's not going to decline with, you know, the ever evolving, you know, trends in society, you know, with the youth younger and younger getting their phones, that's going to skyrocket. 
And yeah. they are going to heavily rely on that technology to implement that into their ordering systems. And, and it also allows them as well, not just in the ordering. Now they have got a firsthand footprint of you individually as a consumer. They know all of your habits about when you're going to tie together your eating habits, the times of days, the styles of food that you eat, yeah. the, the yeah. toppings, whatever that case might be. That is going to become an ultimate identity of who you are as a consumer. And it was going to enter a database. And again, that next phase, the evolution there, as soon as you get close to a, a near, uh, whatever it might be, a McDonald's, a Taco Bell, it's going to be alerting you. Hey, yeah. Rob. It's Rob. It's been it's been 27 days and two hours since you had a Big Mac. I mean, that's the point we're going to get to. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, Taco Bell pops up every night. Like, hey, you hungry? And here's our deal today. Like, how the hell do you know I was hungry? I, I, guarantee, uh, I guarantee you and I talking out loud right now. You know, we were having this. You know, our phones are still picking us up. We are yeah. going to get advertisements out the rear end for the next 24 hours for all of these delicious foods that we were talking about. I think it was, was it McDonald's that got in trouble? Was it in the 90s that they had tried to buy into then the introduction of the navigation, the dashboard navigation units that would purposely <laughs> take people by as, by as many McDonald's as it could? I heard about that. Yes. Yeah. I don't know if that was true, but I did, I I did say, hear that. I don't that know if there's thing. any truth to it, but that was yeah. one of those you know, huge rumors that <laughs> instead of the direct route, it would like take you by three McDonald's. So by the time you got to that third one, it's like, you know what? Man, I really could, I use, could a use a quarter pounder in front. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned that, um, you know, with the advent of technology and you're right, it's, it's really free market research. Like all you do is you, you know, they paid for the initial uh, uh, development and the, of the app. I don't know what their overhead is to keeping it up or updating it. I'm sure they have a, a tech company that takes care of that, but that literally is pretty much free market research to know what people are ordering in this I mean, area. It's not free. It's know? not free. They're, they're it's paying free. A, I mean, I'm sure they are, but you know what I mean? Like premium penny, but, but yeah, but know, you know what, but, what's the value to the company? I mean, it's, right. it's immeasurable. It's yeah. tremendous. As yeah. you said, you know, even right now you probably use it as well. I do. You go to a certain app. It memorizes your last few orders. Mm -hmm. And we're, we're again, we're creatures of habit. So it's not like we're going to get crazy out of the realm. You probably get to one or, like, you know, yeah, two or three different good. variations of orders when you go somewhere. Yeah. Or talk about how you favorite certain items so you can order them, you know, again, easily. Right. Yeah. So they know what you want. Everybody knows. I mean, your phone, everybody knows what you do, what you want, what your habits are. And it's funny with the advertisements, you know, my wife actually, we, we passed something on vacation in Panama City. Um, it was like a car dealership. No, it wasn't a car. I, I forgot what it was, but she had mentioned it out loud. Uh, and, and never typed it in, never Google search it, never did any of that. The second she pulled up Facebook, there was an advertisement yeah. for that place. Yeah. The, uh, well, it's like our, our phones are always talking. They have their own language. Yeah. You get these apps when it's asking you, you can allow to your photos and your camera. It wants your speaker. That's what it wants. Yeah. I, and I was, we were talking about the future. I tell you what's amazing to me. And I, I'm, I'm seeing this firsthand. I'm beginning to grow my, my client Rolodex here is food trucks. And when we mm -hmm. talk about quick service restaurant style food, man, it is incredible to see the boom and the demand and the financials that are attached to these food trucks. It's huge. I mean, you'll see them every, they'll have special events, you know, in the parks or certain businesses will bring them in for lunch, you know, one, one time for a particular month, they, they, uh, or, you know, 
concerts in the park, whatever. You'll have a they whole go, bunch they of go food anywhere. trucks I mean, there. They go anywhere. To office complexes, yep. hospitals, schools, yep. sporting events. I, you know, it's so easy. And, and for the most part, they still are niche. You know, everyone yep. kind of has their specialty flavors. And, and it's, I don't... I don't see it as being one of those just stylish trends. I think what people can, as we continue to be a society on the go, we want something right there, ready, readily available. That's, that's the future there. I guess someone's talking about Miz. Mrs. His Miz's dad has a food truck. He's, yeah. he's gotten into the food trucks. He's had great success, you know, in one of the genres we didn't touch on. Uh, he he owns Mr. Heroes. They are sub shops up in northern Ohio. The Mrs. Dad has a few of those things. It's it's, it's a pretty pretty solid franchise they've got up there. Of course, you know, much like Dunkin' Donuts, which was very streamlined. It could go in gas stations. It could go in malls. It could go anywhere. Small subway mm-hmm. with yep. a boom. At one point, that they had the most units in in the world for fast food. Jimmy John's, uh, Jersey Mike's. There's some great chains out there when it comes to that cold cut deli sandwich. One of, one of my actual favorite foods. Yeah, same here. Uh, a, a big chain we had in Northeast was called D'Angelo's, which to this day uh, is still the best steak and cheese sandwich I ever had. Sorry, people in Philly. Uh, it's kind of a novelty in Philly. But um, no, um, Jimmy John's definitely had a great marketing campaign with the Freaky Fast thing, uh, especially during COVID as well. Uh, Jersey Mike's grown on me. I actually, I'm, I'm a pretty big fan of Jersey Mike's. Uh, I, I like the freshness of, of Jersey yes. Mike's. And I think, I think Subway's become so commercial where yeah, now you are getting it more where they it's are not widespread. the same Subway that we grew up with, in my right. opinion. You know, the quality has changed. Yeah. To me, to me, sub shops, while they do franchise, your still best bet is regional. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, up in the north, we had, you know, 15 different hole in the wall, you know, yeah. hole in the ground, and, and, you want to call places. Those are great where you, yeah. where you get your, where they get pile your, up the sandwiches, you know, that high. Your grinder, hoagie, sub, whatever grinder. you want to call it. Yeah. Yeah. We had grinders up there, but yeah, they would, they would pile it, you know, they'd slice it fresh right there and, what, and pile what's your it style? high. What's your style? Which, what do you get on there? What do you, what do you like? I know you mentioned the, the, the steak. Is that the go to or steak you... and cheese right now is, is typically, yeah, my go to. Or I really love uh, firehouse subs. I'll get their club on a sub, which is, a, it's amazing. I've, I've, I've had a few, I've had firehouse recently, but uh, no, I, to me, just the style wise, man, I, I love Italians. I love Italian subs, man, for the cold, get a cold cut Italian. I'm not, I'm not a big hot sub guy. You're not, uh, now, yeah. now, but I will say uh, from Firehouse, this is incredible that I haven't had one of these in my entire life. <laughs> is I, I've never had a meatball sub, and I got one from Firehouse the other day. They did it on a garlic bread with a uh, nice yeah. of the meatballs in there, a great yeah. blend of seasoning in there, and then pepperoni and the cheese melted on top. Yeah, that's amazing. I can't believe you've never had a meatball. I, I, sub before that's not I, a, that's not all i, I literally when it when i go to no they're all over the place <clears throat> and i like them i just if i'm having meatballs i'm just gonna have meatballs but i'm getting a sub <laughs> i'm getting an italian or i'm getting a cheesesteak okay that's fair no i mean now, that's that was kind of a, a, a northeast staple for us was now here in southern you know, ohio though we, we do have the cheesesteaks mm-hmm. but we also have steak hoagies which is a pressed steak patty that comes with pickle onion pizza sauce uh, cheese and then on the you know the garlicly toasted bun. Hmm, I'm gonna try. I, that. I, I don't I don't see those very often. You don't see them elsewhere really? than out well, here. Well, when in... I when I come up in August, you're gonna have to take me around to the couple local Absolutely. establishments. But uh, I'd like to. 
you know, it, this isn't fast food related, but please explain to me the lure behind Skyline Chili. I don't get it. Well, I don't like, no, the, here, I here don't like the combination of, of it of is it is Cincinnati spices. style in most places here is quick service, uh, and and it really is. It's a Greek stew, mm-hmm. and it, it was it's something that was it was supposed to be readily available, something flavorful, and it really took off in this area here. And it's something that you, it, it really hasn't caught on elsewhere. You don't see it yeah. widespread, but here in Cincinnati, we absolutely love it. Uh, it's our chili. <laughs> it's not a standalone. You got to, it's, it's, it's a compliment to something. So we over put it spaghetti. over, oh, yeah, put it over spaghetti, right. yeah. top it. Uh, you do it with just chili. That's a two way. Then you throw a little cheese, yeah. make it a three way, put beans or onion, make it a four way or go all the way, all of that deliciousness. And you got a five way or, you know, you put it on a, a coney dog, top it on there, mustard onions, finely shredded cheese, uh, brother. Ain't nothing better. It ain't sounds nothing good to better. Me. I knew you grew up with it, but it just the, the allspice and or the five spice they use, and it's in the cinnamon. I just well, I don't you know. The, you I, have the cinnamon there, and the uh, the the very delicious notes of chocolate. Uh, yeah, chocolate. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've actually have a very close recipe that was shared with me to the famous original Cincinnati chili, Empress chili. Uh, and one of the, the key little notes that was always taught to me is to really set it off. You have to, you have to include a uh, chappy from Cincinnati. What part brother? I, I'm in Cincinnati right now. I'm out in Harrison right on the outskirts, uh, but you have to use a locally uh, brewed beer in there. That, that's what truly, truly sets it off. No kidding, I didn't know that. Yeah, I mean, I, I and look, I haven't actually tried true Skyline chili fresh. I've had a frozen version in the store, so maybe nah, it doesn't do, it doesn't get justice. So obviously, when, when you so, get up this way, we're gonna go get some some fresh. I, I promise, I will Cincinnati. try Cincinnati. Now, I will tell you, you know, it's very <clears> simple because anytime you see nationally Cincinnati in the spotlight, it's Skyline. That's actually that's actually my least favorite uh, because it is commercial. It is the chain. We got so many great little mom pops. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, you, when you come up, I'm going to take you actually to uh, one of two. We're going to go to Dixie Chili right over in uh, old Newport, Kentucky, or we're going to go to an Empress Chili. Okay. All right. Fair enough. I, I will try it again and give you my honest opinion. If I still don't like it, then it's just not for me, but I will I will definitely try it. It's, and I'm looking forward to whatever else you got around there. God, I'm going to have to do work. I'm going to have to work out hard. Oh, I, I was going to uh, say, we got the know. chili. Now we have got the Cincinnati Steak Hoagie, that, that, which, that, which got yep. you turned into. Uh, you're, I guess you're going to have to try our style of pizza. Okay. okay. Which is a well, little bit of a a little bit of a blend. So well, uh, well, we, Real quick, what would you describe as a, as a Cincinnati or Ohio-type pizza? Well, and it's a little bit different, as you know. I, I spent a lot of time up north, where they truly have that that bubbly, airy dough mm-hmm. uh, that has a little bit of you know crunch around the edges there. Yeah, where Cincinnati is, it's an airy, foldable. It, it's more similar, but not in size to the New York style, but with the dough. Okay. Okay. Where you don't necessarily, it's not the big slices you have to fold, but it's closer to that. Uh, the sauce is pretty robust so interesting all right well I'll, do, I'll eat any kind of pizza it doesn't matter what the hell it is but uh, and if you come here to, to tennessee i'd be remiss if i didn't talk about nashville hot chicken uh are you a spicy Woo, fan baby. yes yes love me some nashville hot i know it probably doesn't do justice i've actually had the the, the, the good stuff visiting down there okay good uh, yeah, but like Prince's is the originator of, of the Nashville hot chicken. There's a but. chain that's made its way up here. It's down by the stadiums. 
it's like Joe and Joe Joel's or something like that. Hmm. I don't know. I, I did it during. I went there during yeah. Chicken Wing Week. It was my first stop during Chicken Wing Week, and it, it was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it, it's uh, you know people that do like spicy things. It's a whole different level of, of spice. It's just it's hard to explain, uh, and they have different heat levels. But I mean. <sighs> Some of them are just yeah, it, it gets hot, baby. It gets yeah, hot. It gets really, really hot, but it's it's so good, dude. I love I love spicy food. So uh as we wrap it up here, Rick, I actually this and we didn't plan this ahead of time, but off the top of your head, what are your let's just say what are your top five? And it doesn't have to be in any particular order, but what are your five favorite fast food restaurants that you like to go to on the reg? Well, I, you know, I'm gonna open up with uh we have Obviously, I think we probably have talked about all of these, uh, but going back, uh, Big Boy. Okay. Uh, I actually got a little heat with them. They actually blocked me on social media because I was calling them out on the complete lack of quality and commitment to excellence that they once had. And it to me, Big Boy, it truly was one of those childhood experiences. Mm-hmm. And the Big Boy itself, that that cool double-decker that was very, you know, resembled the Big Mac they have the the big boy, the freshest big boy tartar sauce on there. I know that a lot of people tartar sauce on a burger. What? It is incredible. Yeah, uh, that's that's one of those that are up there. <laughs> if they can get it right, I haven't ha- they haven't gotten it right in over a year. But I'll be damned if I, I get that hankering. I keep going back for that thing. <laughs> They've got to get it right. I, I did find a little bar hole in the wall that has a great knockoff one. So they they might have to you know be my mistress. And fulfill my all my big boy needs. Uh, but the big boy from Frisch's is up there. Frisch's big boy is up there. Okay. Man, the two icons, man. A Whopper, a Big Mac. Come on, how do you not get those cravings? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, right. My my record right now, I haven't tried it with Whoppers. My record, I am up to six Big Macs in a sitting. Uh, uh, that's impressive. I've got six. I've gotten six of them down. I think I could I might be able to be able to push that a little bit more. I've gotten in there. Uh, outside of that, man, let's let's see here. For for the big ones, hey, I, I guess those those are my the those that I truly oh and it's, come on sliders, man. Yeah, you get your, a big old sack of sliders. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. You, you, you can't beat that. Well, you know me. I also drink. What's better for a hangover? The specialty McDonald's Coke. Fresh French fries. I did learn there on this. I mean, you, you've learned the hacks working in the restaurants. Order them not salted. Then get right. the salt packs because you know you're going to get them fresh out of the fryer. Yep, that's exactly right. A lot of, and that's what a lot of people would do on purpose uh, just just to make sure they got Arby's, fresh. Arby's curly fries. They're really good. They actually came out with the crinkle fry now. I don't. Uh, I haven't it, tried it, it yet. Irritated me to no end. Uh, I am furious <laughs> with Arby's because now I have to order two French fries when I go through your drive-thru. <laughs> That's hilarious. You know, we didn't mention Jack in the Box either. That's one of my favorites. I know it's not all over the country, but you know they've had a pretty, pretty big marketing campaign the last few years of and trying to branch out. Do you have any of those in your area? Uh, there was one in the area. I've had it a handful of times in my life, and I've always enjoyed it. Yeah, no, they're they're really really good. Uh, I like them. Uh, Arby's is always a staple to me, and. Uh, we mentioned Roy Rogers. We didn't mention them, but that was another. We, we talked about it a little, man. The R and R Burger, come big, on, baby! And their roast beef was fantastic. And they, was they, had, it, they had tremendous fried chicken as well. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. Really good fried chicken. But they they would actually uh, bake their roast in house, uh, and it was much much better quality than Arby's. But unfortunately, they never really got a nationwide appeal. Uh, they're still left up in the Northeast. I, I but think man, it was, it was just investors. 
Yeah. You know, they, they never got that big boom. And then because around here, they were affiliated with the, the Frishes I was talking about. Mm-hmm. And they kind of got eliminated there. Yeah. That, that's one of those. That you talk about childhood memories. Man, Roy Rogers was great. We had a, I don't know if you ever heard of these Zantigos. They were competitor no. with Taco Bell. No, I haven't. Oh, God. <laughs> they were so good. Superior really? in every way. I, I, I couldn't. Well, it wouldn't be hard to beat the quality of Taco I, Bell. <laughs> I, I was so mad at Pepsi for so long for closing Zantigos after they merged them together. But No kidding. Yeah, I've heard of Del Taco and Taco John's that I mentioned earlier, but I never heard of Zantigos. So. Uh, one ta- other part of the country they're still in. Or, Taco, or, or, Taco John's, uh, Jargo and I did a segment conversation on this. They were the first, uh, and I believe they, they own the rights, the trademark to Taco Tuesday. No, I didn't know that. I had no idea. That's a random fact. <laughs> in the 70s, uh, they had trademarked the thing. Uh, they actually went to battle with LeBron, who was trying to trademark Taco Tuesday for social media purposes. LeBron, Jesus, that's a whole other show. Um, but yeah, that's no, that's funny. I didn't know that. Um, uh, as as we wrap it up here, there's we could do several spinoffs of the show, and I, we probably will in the future. There's there's so many different styles of foods, and and we could even get into the you know the sit down restaurant chains and stuff like that uh, would be fun. But yes, Candace Basement Long John Silver's is still a thing. I don't, uh, they used to be pretty big uh, around the country. I think they've kind of downsized. Uh, Captain D's is really big in the South, and they kind of took over that that market. Um, Long John Silver's yeah, still big where I'm at. Are they? They're, yeah, they're, yeah. yeah they're, they're still the king. They've, they've kind of they've kind of run the Captain D's out of out of this area here. Okay, yeah, and that's another thing we didn't really talk about. We we mentioned the fillet of fish, but you know there there are fast food you know uh, seafood chains like Long John Silver's. They give you. You know, quick, fresh fit. Well, I don't want to call it fresh, but fish on the go uh, all the time. Yeah, the cheddar biscuits are really good. Uh, that's that's a good point. But uh, I'm not a big seafood fan, so I don't have a lot of history in that. I don't, uh, I don't know much about how good they are. I, I never, even growing up in the Northeast, I was never uh, a seafood fan. And you can get fresh lobster right off the dock there in Rhode Island. But um, yeah, it's funny. I just I never developed a taste for it. But they're they're still pretty big. Captain D's is the big one down here. Uh, but we used to have a combination A and W Long John Silver, and it used to piss me off because I get you know a burger and fries from A and W, and the fries would taste like fish because they put it in the same fucking vat, or, you know, the same fryer. That's the one thing I don't like about uh, Long John. I'm not a big fish fan myself. Yeah, you know, hush puppies are amazing, but they they did start offering chicken on their menu, but the chicken tastes just like the fish. <laughs> exactly right. But I think what's they they've had success, but you know some of the niches. Uh, pun intended, I guess, here with a lot of consumers, there's just something fishy about getting your fast food in a bag, you know, like your seafood in a bag like that. Yeah, that's yeah, I'm just I'm not I'm not a fan, I'm really not. I just I don't I don't get it, I don't see the appeal. I understand, like you said, for Lent because that would just be a funny joke, like well, yeah, you know, we'd, we'd sell the BK big fish by the freaking truckloads, you know, oh, yeah. Lent, but it, it, and it's all about to you know where you're at because. I know here, especially on I'm on the west side of Cincinnati, and so many little pockets like this around the country, where where people that participate in Lent, you, you got local, you know, organizations, churches, yep. you know, VFWs, scout groups. They kind of honed in on that. But yeah, you are right. I mean, you, you see a major boost. You saw it at Burger King. Uh, Arby's has incredible boost on it. I'm, I'm oh, sure they the specifically market to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they put yeah. a lot of money into developing, uh, you know, especially Arby's, who yep. weren't really known for a seafood sandwich. 
uh, you'll you'll see the commercials, you know, during that time period on TV. Two they're, for they're five, smart. two for five, Arby's fish. Yeah. yeah, we've got the fish. Um, dude, I appreciate being here. This is so much fun. Um, when you brought this subject up to me, I was like, hell yeah, dude. Well, that wasn't the exact words I used, but I'm trying to keep this show a little bit cleaner from, from now on. But uh, F yeah, was pretty much what I said. Uh, and we definitely got to dive down. Uh, the rabbit hole when it comes to other types of foods too. We can do even region by region and just take a trip around the country and, and talk about certain states or certain regions. You know, there's so many subjects that we can get into uh, around delicious, delicious food. But I appreciate you being here, brother. Absolutely. Uh, thank you for having me, Rob. <laughs> this this has got to be probably one of the the best shows that I have been a part of. Uh, this is uh, true, as I said, I, I do it professionally, but it is a tremendous passion of mine uh, and to be able to have to, to have this platform here with one of my other tremendous professions and, and passions podcasting uh, to bring them together. It, it, and I hope that those that join us in the chat, they absolutely enjoyed it. They, they could feel the energy that we tried to bring to it. And if they have any suggestions for for food related shows, let us know. We'll, we'll hook yeah. back up. We'll get back yep. together, and, and we'll give you our best. But again, thanks to everybody, everybody in the chat. Uh, one thing I, I do want to do, maybe for a future show, uh, since I should be getting a roadcaster soon here, I want to I want to put a few jingles up from fast because you know fast food were known for their marketing campaigns and their jingles. Oh, I'm actually think this is a new thing that I, I came up with. We didn't talk about it beforehand, but. Maybe we can get a couple of our people in chat to to come on on you know on 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 Streamyard here, or they, I think you can take phone calls with a roadcaster too. We'll have a little contest where maybe they can win like a a gift card to our, their favorite restaurant. Where you know we'll play a couple seconds of a jingle, and if they can get you know a certain amount right, maybe they'll they'll win a prize. So I think that's good audience interaction to do it. in the future. I love it. Uh, we can topic. We can we can kind of topic the whole show around what I actually do advertising. There you go. In food. Uh, I, I love it. So guys out there, uh, we'll give you a date sometime in the near future for it. Start practicing and learn that McDonald's Big Mac song. <laughs> yep, that's exactly right. And I'll never forget it. But uh, buddy, where can we find it on social media? And uh, let everybody know what you got going on here in the wonderful world of HMG. Well, of course, everything for uh, HMG right now, we have got uh, big news on the horizon. A, a little bit of... Of future plans have been have been leaked out to the public. We are the framework is being put in place for the big move to the Realm Network. But until then, you can get all of our content. It is still free. It's just on Patreon. I know when people hear that that Patreon word, they think that means payment. But no, there's a free option, so you can get your your locker rooms, your review shows, uh, all that incredible content from the wrestling side that you've come to expect from the Hameen Media Group. That is available patreon.com backslash the Hameen Media Group. Then for shows you know that, that Rob's affiliated with uh, for Suck My Balls, the South Park Review, for uh, I think they still got Star Wars over there. I know we, we've got Star Trek. Uh, we've got so many spinoffs. We've got the, the right opinion. Jargo and I will be coming back here with the Hitting the Marks podcast. That's all. That's still on Podbeam for the time being before the big move. So that's on podbeam.com backslash Hameen Media Group. Again, across all social media, get those links. You got polls, conversation pieces, uh, promotion for our great brand management partners, Stevie, Stevie Ray TV, the beautiful people, the A Show with April Hunter, Aaron Stevens, Rip Rogers, the two-man power trip, Goldie Locks, Big Vito brand. Uh, I think I got them all. I, I absolutely apologize if I missed anybody there, but we have so much incredible content, arguably 
uh, say not arguably the fastest growing, but arguably the best source across the board for original entertaining program, podcasting, video, whatever's going to be the Hameen Media Group. Again, across all social media, Hameen Media Group. Or hey, just keep up with me, the RBV, across all social media at the real RBV. That's exactly right, man. And and we're we got some huge things that are that are coming up, stuff that we have planned in the works, crazy freaking ideas that we have of branching out to the comedy world and and you know, trying to get in different genres and and you know, you name it, it's wide open now with this merger that's coming up here. Uh it's it's like uh being kids in the candy store, you know what I mean? Just having a whole new outlet for our creative ideas is just it's fantastic. I I can't wait to see what kind of ideas we come up with as a team here in the future. It's gonna be a, a, a pretty big year uh for us. And don't forget all the you know the, the big shows that we have, obviously uh Rip Rogers show, we have the A show with Aaron Stevens and April Hunter. Uh we have the beautiful people with Velvet Sky and Angelina Love uh what, what am i missing here yeah big yeah, um, big veto stevie ray tv yeah, the two-man right. power trip it's around and around yeah and you know we have some of the most talented people uh in in the business you know what who but i'm still learning every day listening to the monday locker room this week was was fantastic to learn kind of the ins and outs of what you dealt with in your first you know your event that you promoted uh for wrestling and then listen to ben you know, give his thoughts about, you know, here's what you do in this situation and breaking down storylines and psychology. What a fascinating show. If you guys didn't check out uh, the Monday Locker Room this past Monday, definitely check that out. It's great every week, but that was one of my favorite shows that you guys have done here recently. I, I got to say, this is probably, Benny, I've been at this podcasting stuff. I shoot four or five years now. Uh, and this week has probably been the absolute highlight the best shows that i have done heck i'm hoping to maybe pick up a show or two before the week is out it's only wednesday you know monday sitting down with ben you said i mean simply the conversation was incredible amazing uh, yeah. always be able to sit under the learning tree of all the pros that we have but to sit and have that one-on-one conversation with ben about the experiences as you said uh crossing that that line that threshold from you know podcaster journalist to promoter was it, it was it was scary. It was thrilling. It was everything in between. And to have been right, you know, to be able to share and, and get feedback immediately from him was incredible. Uh, then it just dropped yesterday as it's been a huge, huge hit series. We were partner Jargo and I partners with Paz of the two man power trip. It's a who is we started mm-hmm. off who is WrestleMania. Well, we sat down, and had a great conversation, which is out uh, right now on who is the best technical wrestler in the history of professional wrestling. Uh, and a lot of people, you hear those, who is, who is this, who is that? You you go with that immediately gun from the hip shooting with your answer. We deep dive. We're bringing in I love stats it. and I love stats, and, and we have great conversation. And then right here, uh, to, to have this conversation, celebrating 100 years of fast food in America, to dive into all aspects of it. I, I got to say, this has been the, the best week of podcasting <laughs> in my life. Well, that's awesome, dude. That's really cool to hear. It was really cool to hear. Ben said that he was proud of you, you know, for what you accomplished uh, last weekend. I mean, that's that's high praise. You know, a lot of people might not know who Ben is, but you want to talk about a super, super smart guy uh, that knows everything that, you know, could possibly know about psychology and improv and, and, and comedy and wrestling. It's just he, he's a genius, in my opinion. I mean, he really is. And you know, we have so many more people like, like Stevie Richards and Great God Papadon and Silvio well, and all of them. And Big uh, Sal. Str- I mean, everybody. Strangler, I mean, Strangler just, Steve. Strangler Steve. Yeah, everybody. Well, I, I couldn't pull, pull up my show. I, the, the number, one, move, the number yeah, yeah. one move that we made 
from day one was to hire, to bring on board, to reach out and contact uh, Ted McNaylor, the beast. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. he breathes professional wrestling. No way in hell is our show anywhere <laughs> near success without without Man Beast. Yeah. And, and if anybody out there, you want to actually meet Ben Hameen, go hang out at your local mall. There's a chance he'll show up. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's awesome. You might get heat for that one, but that's that's fine. We'll, you'll you'll take it, I'm sure. Right. I, I've always busted his chops on, on that damn that's, ball. He mentions it all the time. He does. I mean, we bust each other's balls here all the time in our group chat. But uh, yeah, Monday morning monologue. You can't you can't beat that for the man beast. I mean, he's just he's so good. He really is. Uh, yeah, Mallrats is probably Ben's favorite movie in Canada Space Man. Uh, that that's hilarious. But uh, you guys can follow me on Twitter at Red Rob Gaming. Uh, if you're into video gaming, uh, I'm also on Twitch every Tuesday and Saturday night, 6 p.m. Central. Uh, I stream mostly Super Mario games. Uh, right now, I'm in Super Mario Maker 2, uh, which is which is fun. Uh, so that's twitch.tv slash radrobgaming. I also have a gaming YouTube channel called Rad Rob Gaming, where I got yeah, like 700 videos on there. There's plenty of this shit for you to watch on there. Uh, I put a lot of time and effort into that stuff, so definitely check that out as well. Uh, you can check out my other podcast, RTW Main Event. Uh, it's kind of my comedy slash variety show where we are tagline is we barely talk wrestling because it's kind of hard to talk about the current wants, product who, nowadays. Who wants to do right? that right now? Yeah, exactly right. So uh, it, it's just kind of a, a bullshit show that we do, but it's it's pretty funny. Uh, that's with me and the Ocho from the Brothers Grappler, who can also be found uh, with Vince Russo on Bromance every Sunday night as well. So that's another quality show that uh, that we're, we're we're merging with with the brand. Uh, that's all, guy. I don't really need to plug my. I don't need to get my shit in. Guys in the chat, I appreciate y'all being here. Jerome, Chappie, uh, Candace Spaceman, uh, uh, who Gam was in here. Uh, who else we had? We had a uh, Bobo. Bobo made a cameo. Uh, Sonic. Everybody, guys. I just I want to encourage them. Uh, you know, thanks we love for it. Participation. We love. Yeah, it. absolutely. Hey, when we get this posted, help us help us spread the word. This again, this was one of my favorite podcasts. I love to spit off into something as we talk about what the other genres are getting into. Where uh, hell, I'm covering. Bringing you food-related stuff each and every week. <laughs> yep, that's exactly. I love seeing hashtag RBV Fitness, uh, which kind of threw me for a loop. I'm like, wait a minute, he's posting, you know, giant cheesesteaks, and it's supposed to be about fitness. Yeah. It, uh, it all split off as a spoof on Stevie Richards Fitness. That's kind of what I figured. I'm sure. Right. I'm sure. Has, has I'm, Stevie given you sh- shit about that, or no? I've well, we never had the conversation. That's some kind of conversation. I didn't ask. I didn't, like I didn't go to him like he did to Shawn Michaels for permission on the super kick. So. <laughs> right, 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 right. So I might get busted, but I'm gonna let you get us out of here. I'm, I'm gonna finish this White Castle. <laughs> yeah, no, that yeah, I, I'd rather be in your position. But guys, we appreciate you being here, especially everybody in the chat. We we love the interaction. We're gonna do more of this in the future. We're gonna be streaming live on Hameen Media Group every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, uh, with the various topics. Next week we have uh, who do we have next week? Oh, I got uh, John Enright. Coming in, we're going to be talking about Top Gun then and now with the new release of the new Top Gun 2 coming out here shortly uh, in June. We're going to be talking about Top Gun. That's, he, he, hey, I let you guys pick the topic. That's what John wanted to talk about, so that's what I, we're going to do. Know, I didn't know there was a new Top Gun. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was supposed to come out last year, but COVID okay. messed up the plans on that. So, yeah, there's Top Gun 2 coming I, out I do in, have a, I do have a request as we continue to drag this out. If you're going to talk Top Gun <laughs> and you are a gamer, uh, next week, can you talk about if you've ever landed that damn plane on that aircraft carrier? In the not NAS? once. No, <laughs> fuck no, not once. I have not. Even still to this day as a 45-year-old, I no. Most almost 45. Frustrating, one of the most frustrating things in video game history <sighs> is that damn right. plane on that aircraft carrier. 
Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Uh, so we're going to be talking about that. I got JB coming up in a couple of weeks. Javed's going to be coming on. Uh, he uh, He's going to pick the subject. He hasn't picked it yet, but people love the new format here. We, we're not pigeonholed to retro wrestling anymore. We're doing retro everything. And since we've changed it, you know, I've got, I, I'm booking the next month of, you know, worth of shows. So uh, people people love the, the nostalgia and the retro stuff. So I'm, I'm completely glad that we decided to go in this direction. But uh, yeah, we got some good shows coming up for you guys. So. Uh, and along with all the other shows we have here in HMG, this will drop in a podcast form and audio form on Sunday uh, on the affiliate feed, the Mean Media Group feed. And I think I, sh- I, I think I'm going to give it to Ben to put up on Patreon. I keep forgetting to do it, uh, but I, I do need to do that. But yeah, we appreciate you guys being here on YouTube and everybody listening. Uh, whenever this comes out, we appreciate all your support as well. Uh, we'll see you next week, Rick. Thanks for being here, brother. Uh, we got to get here and do this again, but we we can't do this guy without you guys. So. Get the, like Rick said, get the word out. Uh, tweet it, put it on Facebook. We'll put it in all the discussion groups. Make sure you like and comment uh, to help all of our shows really to get through the algorithms and, and try to you know get up the charts, especially iTunes. Leave us a five you know a five star review on, on any of our shows that you could find. Uh, it really helps out the brands. So we appreciate all your support. So until then, guys, I hope you enjoyed this show. We'll see you next week, Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Central, right here on the Me Media Group YouTube. Take care, guys. Thank you for listening to this episode of RTW Rewind. For all the latest news and announcements, please follow us on Twitter at RTW Brand. You can also follow Rad Rob at Rad Rob Gaming. You've been listening to RTW Rewind exclusively here on HMG on Realm and the Rad Rob Radio Network. 